The Gold Card Podcast is brought to you by the Esports Department. Gain access to the tools, projections, and analysis trusted by the best for League of Legends and Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Join today at theesportsdepartment.com. Welcome to episode 63 of the Gold Card Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Vince Colotti at Gelati LOL. With me tonight, we have the Esports Department crew. We have uh, John George at the Esports Plug. How are we doing, everybody? At Josh Roberts at Roberts number 49. Good evening, y'all. Uh, Chris Chung at Prime LOL was unable to join us tonight of a scheduling conflict. So we're running a three-man show for the evening. We've got a full slate of games this weekend. We're right in the thick of the summer 2020 seasons. We've got all four major leagues running, all the minor leagues running. I didn't even look into any of that stuff yet. You got Challenger, you got all sorts of stuff. You got as much League of Legends you can consume as you could ever possibly want to. So, uh, I didn't have any big picture topics to get into this week for you guys. Uh, I thought about maybe fielding listener questions, but since it's a full slate and since it's still relatively early in the season and we have a lot of thoughts on these teams, I thought we'd just dive right into the slate and we'll just do like a, a real like straight shooter type show for this one. Let's do it, man. All right. Uh, where do you guys want to start? We can go backwards, forwards, east, west, mix it up. Let's start with the west. We always start with the east. Let's yeah, start with right. the west. We do always start with the east. So uh, we'll do LEC. Let's go bottom to top. Let's just go Let's bottom do LCS. Top. Yeah, yeah. Let's do LCS first. So LCS Friday, um, we have FlyQuest minus 244, CLG plus 176. Uh, just keep in mind, guys, we're recording this on Wednesday, so these will probably change by game time. But... That's what we have so far. So FlyQuest minus 244, CLG plus 176. CLG looking a lot better. Uh, I don't know how much that means because they looked pretty terrible before. So uh, I don't know. This this seems a little rich for me. I think FlyQuest probably take care of it. If, any, if I'm on any side here, it'd probably be CLG. I got to say, I was really kind of low on FlyQuest coming into this season, and I really thought they were going to fall off. They had a good weekend last weekend. They looked, they looked good. good. They looked good last weekend with MASH in the lineup. Um, makes me think that they're probably going to be a little bit better than I was giving them credit for and makes it so that I don't really want to bet this matchup. They look like they're actually still going to be a not a real contender, but they're going to be up there top five somewhere. Like, I don't know if you guys think the same way, but like it, the LCS to me is five teams. Like, I, I really do think it's like five teams. Cloud9, Team Liquid. Cloud9, Liquid, TSM, Evil Geniuses, and FlyQuest. And then, like, that sixth playoff spot is take your pick. You could justify any one of those teams, probably, besides maybe Immortals. I think even – I would still probably put FlyQuest as, like, best of the rest. I think the other, those other four teams are kind of very competitive with each other, other than Cloud9's just been stomping everybody. But yep. the other teams in there seem pretty competitive with each other, where I don't really see FlyQuest getting past one of those teams in the playoffs, but – yeah, I, the thing with FlyQuest is like they're just they're they're like EDG, right? They're just solid. Like there's they're never going to be like they're they're super high floor. The ceilings will probably a little bit higher than we're giving it credit for. Saint Torn still Saint Torn just carried Spring right this summer. He's been really good. Um, Whole team really. I don't know, Josh. What do you th- like thoughts on FlyQuest? Do you agree? Disagree? Uh, I the only thing I have to say about FlyQuest, I'm very happy that we all got to witness what the good top winner does to the bad FlyQuest top winner. 
John, as many know, talking about the story about Viper, and it was just time to solo show him who's daddy, and he did. So, poor Viper. He looked, awful. he looked awful in that game, dude. You could you could tell that he really wanted that game too, and he he went for it so hard. He kept trying to make all these big plays, and he just looked terrible every single time that he did it. It was awful every time, dude. Solo had all the psychological edge in that game because he just knew Viper had to prove something, like so he could just sit back and let him outplay himself. It was like the oh, most yeah. sad, and you could see it. You could literally see it. You'd be like, oh man, oh no, 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 not like this. You, exactly that that whole dive that. play, you were like, you saw it coming, like thirty seconds in advance. You're like, oh no, no, <laughs> not like this. I got like, I got like one of those notifications from Twitter, uh, and it was like, it was just like people are talking about it or whatever. And it, I just see John's tweet that's like, Viper hasn't been good this split, but he looks really bad today. And I was like, you love to see it. And I was like, <laughs> <"I'm gonna> out. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, this is too big a number, right? Like, I, I didn't, I didn't write the kill spreads down. Uh, this is probably going to be like s- probably five and a half, given the totals that have been happening yeah, two, in NA. Forty-four is too too rich for me. I think I just avoid this one. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, I think like if you're going to play a money, if you're going to play a money line side, it just has to be CLG or pass. Uh, you could be yeah. I mean, FlyQuest. Yeah, I don't know FlyQuest. Kill, uh, FlyQuest kill spread maybe, but that's about it here. Uh, I mean, we'll talk about Cloud9 because they're in the next match. We got a we got a good Friday night match for a change. So we have Team Liquid plus two seventy five and it's Cloud9 minus four hundred. If anyone's going to do it, I mean, I mean it, this is, has to be a TL bet, right? Like, there's yeah. no you're not betting the second best team in NA to take in the plus two seventy five. Yeah, I mean, it feels like you have to bet it. it. Feels like I have to DFS it. it feels like I'm going to lose and just waste all my money, but I'm going to do it anyway because I just think you have to. It's just right. This, this is the most tilting spot, by the way. I have a little rant here, but this is the most tilting spot if Team Liquid wins this game. This has happened to me so many times in a bunch of different sports. I've played Cloud9's opponents like 15 weeks in a row. They haven't lost like a goddamn game. And then when they finally lose to Team Liquid here, Team Liquid will actually have ownership because they're Team Liquid and other people will actually take them. Whereas I've been getting Cloud9's opponents at 1% for the last 15 weeks and no one's just luck sacked a game somewhere in there. And I fucking bet you, I take Team Liquid, they win, and they're like twenty percent owned, and you don't even get any leverage out of it. Oh, I'm gonna be mad. I don't know. Well, if like they did lose the last, last match, game. and that sticks. Yeah, but dude, don't act like the more like people like the public's not fickle. Like <laughs> they mm-hmm. they will remember the last match more than they will remember anything, or they'll remember like the low light more than they remember anything. It's yeah, but it's game. Game. yeah, yeah, it, it's on a two game slate too. So even oh, if they win, like they yeah, they gotta be mind. fifteen. 15 or 20% owned, where they'd be 1% owned if they were, like, 100 Thieves and it was a five-game slate. This is a good double-dog slate, actually. I hope Cloud9 wins. I might just slam Cloud9 lineups out of anger and just not be willing to accept that Team Liquid could win. This is a good double-dog slate. Yeah, it's a a decent double-dog, probably. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. But I mean, let's take some time to talk about Cloud9, though. Like, I mean, because I think I've been the most bullish of anybody on the show about them. And are oh, you guys coming around yet? <laughs> this team's so yeah. goddamn good, dude. Like, I'm coming around a little bit. Like, they, their victories have been really dominant this split against other good teams. Like against Evil Geniuses, that was that was super dominant against Evil Geniuses. You know what I like about this team is like, you make one mistake and it's like a four thousand gold swing. One of the things that's making them look really insane, too, is something that is the reason I keep DFSing against them, is I don't even really like their compositions. 
Yeah. Like, I think their compositions are pretty bad a lot of the time, and they still keep dumpstering people. So if they're dumpstering people with bad compositions, the only thing I can think that might go badly for them is if they think that these are the best compositions, which I really disagree with, then when they come up against tougher competition, they might be in a tough spot if they're drafting these same compositions, I think. Yeah, I, the thing is, like, th- there's, like, this weird balance to strike between doing what's optimal and doing what is optimal for your team. Because I think, like, the the best teams do a blend of both, right? Like, they know where to deviate from, like, what's universal optimal, I guess is the way to put it. Like, tier list optimal, so to speak. Like, they know when to, like when it's worth deviating from that because of an exceptional situation. And I don't know if this is just, like, they're just limit testing because they're bored or what. Like, I don't think this stuff's even that weird. It's just they always draft early. Like, it's just always yeah. early and mid, and they're so good at it that – well, here's what's nuts about it, right? They draft all these early mid teams, right? And then even games where they get behind, they just win. They just fi- – they find, like, the one window every – FlyQuest. FlyQuest had a lead on them with yep. a better scaling team, and they were just like, oh, no, you made one mistake, and it was like all of a sudden the game was over. The game was just over in, like, five minutes. Like, their, clo- their closing speed is absolutely nuts. It's great. And it feels like, do you remember when the first ever iteration of Cloud9 came into the LCS? Yeah. I can't remember who the support was, but they drafted Ash somebody every game. It was for like uh, 15 in a row. Lemon Nation. Was, but I don't remember who his champion was. They drafted Ash and somebody. Zyra. And they Ash were not Zyra. they were not meta at all. And they just drafted them. They were the only team playing them. They drafted them like 15 series in a row and just kept stomping everybody. That's kind of how this Cloud9 feels. They're drafting stuff that a lot of other teams are not touching. And just crushing people. I also do think that, like, what's weird is I don't... I think there's certain champions that the other team just can't play. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, what jungler in North America do you trust to play in Italy? Yeah, or Olaf. Maybe Meteos, because he's good specifically at that champion. You know what I'm saying? Like, that. that, that's the other thing, is, like, other teams are in such a bind in the draft, because it's like, like, they have to pick their poison. Yeah. And there's just too many things to ban, because... It's mostly, and this is a this is a quality of competition question, right? Like, it's mostly because they just can't play certain champions, like straight up. Like, if if you're an NA team, FlyQuest is never going to play in Italy. They're just not going to play in Italy. It's just not their mo. Like, maybe they'll try it at some point, but like that's not their mo. Like, that's not how they play. So like that's just an advantage that Cloud Nine has because they have to be in Italy against them every single time now. Because it's a powerful champion if you know how to use it, but apparently there's only like two teams that know how to use it in the LCS, right? Really, one team. So, like, that, I mean, that's just one example. There's a whole bunch of other champions that are the same thing. Like, I don't trust anybody else with Callista. Mm, true. Right. Like, I don't trust anyone else with Callista. I don't trust anyone else with. I mean, half the shit that Jensen's been playing. Like, honestly, I don't know. Like, they're just. It, it blows my mind that like. They play these early game teams, they get behind, and they still find a way to win. Like, that that aspect of it's very G2-esque, right? Where, like, they just have this nonsense composition that, like, okay, well, they they optimize for this. Philosophically, everything's in line. We're all in early game. If we lose early game, then, oh, well, we we shot our shot, right? And they just find a way to win with those games, like, with those compositions. It's – Fnatic does that. G2 does that. Uh, G2 are like the kings of this over the last two years. Like, more than probably any other team on Earth. They just have this weird whatever. Cloud9's really good. I, I, I honestly think, like, the only thing I'm worried about with them is them getting the international level and 
like not being able to adjust to better competition fast enough. But I, this is yet another NA team that I'm hopeful for. But like, I, what else can we ask them to do? They're just shit stopping this league as hard as they could possibly do it. Yeah, it's starting to be tough to, to vote against them at this point. Yeah. Um. Jeez. I mean, if you look at some of their some of their stats, are just absolutely bonkers. Like, I gotta measure like how how fast they're they accrue gold leads when they get them. Like, I would have to like find. I, I that'd be cool. Like a way to chart and measure like between fifteen and twenty. Like, you could do differentials between 15 and 20, but, like, the second, like, a haymaker... I, I've been calling... Like, I've been writing about this. I call them haymaker plays. Where it's, like... It's, like, the equivalent of a boxer throwing a big right hook. Where there's risk sometimes, like, for a counter. But if it connects, it's just over, right? And they... Like, it's not necessarily, like, they're taking risk. It's just that, like, when they land a punch, it's, like, you're you're done. Like, the second they land anything, you're done. There's certain teams that are just like that. Like, E-Star feels that way. Invictus, when they win, feels that way. Uh, Dragon X feels that way. Like, it, it's... Yeah, they're, they're a really fun team to watch. I just wish they had more competition. So Agree. Um, Saturday, we have 100 Thieves, minus 182. Counterlogic Gaming, plus 135. <laughs> how, 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 how strong are you 100 Thieves, John? No, I think Hundred Thieves are like I think they're pretty good. Like they haven't, they haven't looked that good so far this season, but they're the talent level on the team seems like it's there, and they have had some tough matchups. I think I'm I think I actually like Hundred Thieves enough that I may even lay the minus one eighty two here. I'm still really suspect on CLG's bottom lane, CLG's top lane. I like their mid jungle reasonably, but even that I don't think is like a, I think Hundred Thieves' mid jungle is their biggest weakness, which is a question mark. But yeah. I don't know. I think I like under thieves here, actually. I, th- my issue with the bottom five teams in North America, maybe four and a half, like the exception, I guess, is Immortals. But like, my issue with all these bubble teams, because it's it's literally like four bubble teams, right, fighting for that six spot. It, it, at least in my eyes, it is. Is I don't like they're all so inconsistent that it's really tough to trust any of them as favorites. So. I feel like I'm going to be doing a lot of just, like, if it's a bottom five matchup, just the underdog, as long as the number's, like, decent. Like, I agree with you. Like, I think 100 Thieves are a better team than CLG. I don't know. I don't want to lay one. I don't want to lay minus 182 on 100 Thieves against anybody besides maybe Immortals. Because like, I, like, I just don't trust any of these. They're so inconsistent. Like, all of them. Yeah, so, all those bottom teams. are definitely right about that. So, like, I'm kind of taking like, a more big-picture approach to North America this split, and I think, like, I got too tunnel-visioned on teams last season, and that's what, like, killed me. I was too I was too dialed in on TSM and Liquid. That's what it was. Like, that's what killed my season, which made sense. Like, a lot of people, that was a weird season. But I think I'm, I'm kind of approaching this like a big-picture... Like, really, like, all of those teams are coin flips to me. Like, all of those games are coin flips, not because the teams are better or worse than one another, but, like, because... Or, like, aren't... Like, they're not all exactly 50-50... But the favorites are always going to be too inconsistent to trust, and that's going to be my issue, like, this whole season. Unless some people differentiate themselves in a small sample size, which is hard to do. So, I don't know. Josh, what do you think on this one? I'm on CLG, but probably doesn't come as much of a surprise. Like, I'm a pretty big CLG stand. I also just think Poe Belter's going to lane the shit out of Rioma. John mentioned that, like, mid-jungle is the worst part for 100 Thieves, and I think, unfortunately, that's also the strongest role in the, like, synergy in the game right now. I do think bot lane is like 
extremely important. Um, right now it is for sure. Yeah, I think it is. I just think mid lane is like more important because with just like the bot lane meta, like actually we saw CLG do it last week. Like you can go 04 and it just doesn't matter because once you get death dance, you're just going to be fine. Like six, I think was 04 on Aphilios and then just hard carried late anyways. Like it just like, if you can make the game last long enough, and a lot of that's just like controlling the waves in the mid lane, especially, uh, making sure you don't get lose both your mid mid towers super early in the game, then you can elongate enough to, to the point where you're. Yeah, he dropped out. Yeah, I don't know. He's like. But um, I was actually gonna ask you. Oh, he's back. There he is. But oh. I was gonna ask you a, a question while we're on that. Is uh, is this actually a point, Gelati? Me and you have talked a number of times about like AD carry being like kind of the most irrelevant player on the game on the team when it comes to like most AD carries can fulfill the same duty as most other AD carries and there's only really a few that stand out above the rest. Mm-hmm. Is this a time period where maybe having the better AD carry is actually very important because those champions like Aphelios can't afford for you to make very many mistakes with them. And if you don't make any mistakes with them, they're absolutely absurd. Yeah. But if you're just out of position and get caught by a hook or something, you can just cost your team the game. Yeah, I think it's like this weird – I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent here, but we didn't have an opening topic, so I think we're fine to do it. So the thing is when you have hyper-carry metagames, and I know it's not strictly hyper-carry because there's like Callista and there's some other stuff that you can play, but when you have like a hyper-carry meta – like right now it's just a Felios Ezreal every game, right? If It feels that way anyway it kind of takes away the amount of advantages that you can gain to differentiate yourself from your opponent. So when it's like a, I guess like a normal balanced meta game or whatever, 80 carries the most replaceable, right? Cause you just have like a fairly easy job, uh, like in terms of like big picture, like things to consider. It doesn't change that much just cause the game is focused on you. It just amplifies mistakes. So on one end, yeah, it does matter. You want carries that don't make, you don't want wild turtles, right? But it also can make just guys that are, like, solid middle-of-the-table guys look like gods. So, and the other thing is, too, like, when the whole game is designed around protecting you, it makes your job so much easier than it would normally be. So, I I think it's a team-to-team-specific thing, but, like, I I do think that it's dangerous to just assume that that's the case, if that makes sense. Like, I know that was kind of a roundabout gray area answer, but, like, I think it really is. Like, I know... I mean, just from practical experience myself, like, if you if you have a team comp built to protect someone, it just makes the job, person's job easier. It doesn't matter if, like, they don't have to be a god in that case. You know what I'm saying? So what do you think about a guy like, I think the perfect example for this is Zhu Meng. Because Zhu Meng was not that impressive until Aphelios became meta. And ever since Aphelios has been meta, he's looked godlike. Well, I think Zhu Meng's... I think Jumeng's an exception because he's just good at the champion. And I think there's certain characters. I think there's certain players that are just good at Aphelios. Yeah, I think you're right on that. But like, yeah. Well, but what happens? What do you think happens if like this meta goes to something else? Do you think a guy like Jumeng drops off a lot if, if this meta changes up and he's not playing Aphelios anymore? Uh, is it mostly that his like team is playing around him and the meta game fits it, or is are you actually seeing like a real AD carry skill there? It's it's hard to tell, like because it would a lot of it would depend on where it goes from here. Like if this if it goes from Aphilius to Jinx, or you know something like that, then it's kind of similar, right? It's just a different chain or Twitch even like it's just something different. It's like the same it's the same archetype. It's just a different champion, and then like at that point we would learn if he's Swanfang or not, 
where it's like, okay, yeah. like, is he just an MF one trick or something like that? No, I don't think Juan Fang is an MF one trick. Like he's been, that team's got other issues, but yeah, I mean, I'll, a lot of it's all contextual. Like it's a shitty answer, I know, but like it all depends. I do think there's, there's certain players that are just better at Affilios. It seems like, or that pe- I think a lot of it was people that picked up on him faster. They were like good at it right away. And they're still reaping the rewards of, of, you know their numbers looking better because they picked it up early. I think Joe Meng. I don't. I don't want to say Joe Meng picked it up early and was just good at it early. Like he's he's just good at it. Like he just makes that champion do things that it seems like you know nobody else can make it do. But yeah, I don't know. I I don't like to say like it's a hard cut and dry thing because I think a lot of times in eighty carry centric metas, it's it's really easy to make a mediocre person look good as long as you're not like bad. That's the that's like the the main qualifier, right? And, like, I, I think back to previous – like, you know when Stixay came up? Stixay yeah. came up in a hyper-carry meta, too. And you know what? Stixay, everyone loved Stixay in his first season. And I was like, look, man, like, he didn't have to do any of this shit himself. What happened the next season? And when he had to create on his own on, like, Lucian and Caitlyn and stuff like that, like, it was just a lot different. So – or Callista, Like, I think that's what it was the next season. It's – I don't know. It's a situation by situation basis, like just like most things are. Big picture, I think don't. I think the other thing is to consider here is like if you're looking at this from a fantasy lens, which is which a lot of our listeners do. If you're looking at this from a fantasy lens, I'm sure eighty like eighty carries are scoring like crazy right now because they're picking up. You know, the game is just like slow, 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 and then like two triple kills in a big team fight later, and you have like an eight kill team all of a sudden. You have any kill failures all of a sudden, right? What's weird at the moment, actually, is um, I'll mention this because we have some DFS listeners, and this yeah. actually is really DFS information. Teams are really separating themselves at the moment based on whether their mid or their AD carry is their guy. Yeah. Like, if you look if you look team to team, it used to be in the past, like, no matter what team it was, their AD carry was their highest scorer, even if their mid laner was their best player. Right now, there's a lot of teams whose mid laners are their highest scorers in DFS. Mm-hmm. And you can figure it out, like, um, even last night, Dynamics, uh, Kuzan is their highest scorer. Yeah. TES, Knight is their highest scorer. OMG, Icon is their highest scorer. Yeah. Knight, so by the way, really... what's interesting about that, all the Jackie Love hype, all the Jackie Love highlight reels, Knight's been the highest scorer. Yeah, it's it's Knight for sure. And But it's interesting because for DFS, you can get a real edge by finding these teams whose mids are their best players and are scoring better right now, uh, more so than any other season. There's more teams that have mid laners that score high than I've ever seen before. Uh, in DFS, so just something worth noting. Yeah, right I do think it's kind of cool because the mid the mid lane meta game is like pretty wide open. Like, there's a lot of different stuff that you can play right now. So, like all these all these players can kind of have their own identity, which is neat. But yeah, I, just like to put a punctuation on that the eighty carry point. Like, I just don't. I think don't go too far one direction or the other. Like, it's real easy for you to look good on Aphelios if you have like an Orn. And a Thresh protecting you, or a Tom Kench, or you have, like, a Nazir that can peel the team off you and you just clean the fight up, right? Like, that's easy. And especially if no one's pressuring you in lane, which is a big problem I have with teams playing against affiliates that I've tw- I've just gone ballistic on Twitter about over the last two weeks. Really, less like, two months. If teams are just letting you have a free lane phase and then your team is built around protecting a hyper carry, I don't, like, I could look good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, this isn't, like, it's not it's not hard. What's really hard is when your team's not like, and I have a lot more respect for carries that don't get a lot of resources, don't get a lot of protection, and still make it work anyway. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. I was just, I I know I dropped out, but I, just to bring it back, like 
all of those reasons are why I kind of think that like <clears throat> the bot lane differential being slightly probably in favor of the Cody Sun stunt side doesn't matter all that much in this matchup. And I'd be more concerned about the mid lane differential. Um, there is some concern at least that Sunday just bodies ruined because Ruin has games where he just inexplicably feeds. Um, but Ruin is like a very talented player in his own yeah. right. Um, and it's shown he can play. It'll, it'll probably come down to it, you know, what the bands are. Like if someone gets a volleyball, they're just going to win. But, um, I, I'd probably take a shot on, on CLG at that number, I think. Yeah. I think, uh, really, I think the way we should be evaluating bot lane is which team do we think is going to be more willing to take a risk and play something different? Cause I Not- think. Yeah, I think neither of these teams are, are good candidates for that. But, like, I mean, you're seeing you're seeing stuff all over the world. Like, I wish more teams would, but you're seeing different things. You're seeing what Damwon's doing. You've seen what, I mean, didn't work, but you saw what Fnatic tried to do. Like, there are things you can do to mix it up in the bot lane. I think people are a little bit too conservative, especially in these best-of-one regions. But I think, really, if you want to look for, like, a bottom lane edge, I think you'd look for the team that's probably more willing to take a risk and try a kill lane to kill Aphelios a bunch, you know? Um, I'm, I think I'm kind of with you. Like, again, like I'm just going to probably be on dogs unless these teams like find a way to differentiate themselves. So speaking of that, we have TSM plus 153 against evil geniuses minus 208. I'm going to hate myself, but I'm taking TSM here. I think this is a real like metric game. I feel like for trying to decide how you feel about these teams Who's number three? Yeah, and I mean, even if it's not necessarily who's number three, it's like, is TSM at least close enough to Evil Geniuses that they shouldn't be plus 153? Something tells me that that somehow TSM is going to end up being about the same as Evil Geniuses at the end of the season. And so I feel like TSM plus 153 is pretty hard to argue against, as good as Evil Geniuses has looked so far. Yeah. Well, he even had a couple decent games, which we were not even sure we'd get a couple decent games out of him the entire season, and he's already had a few, so... (laughs) Good point. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think like th- th- nobody should be playing two hundred eight in the, like the top five or the bottom five unless it's Cloud Nine, or unless like it's like three weeks from now and Liquid are just body bagging people, then maybe they can. So, I, yeah, TSM. I think it's yeah, and just to touch on it quickly, like one uh, one thing on each side for EG, like what a welcome surprise it has been to see Kumo's improvement from. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, like very, very good for their ceiling, in my opinion. Um, that he he solo killed Licorice. Yeah. So that was that was awesome. Um, on the other side, TSM just same stuff. Like they're they're just beating themselves. So it's it's so difficult to get a, get a read. Like statistically, the teams are pretty close in the important metrics, but it's so hard to understand. Like to wrap my brain around, like should we discount it or not for the fact that TSM just like. Like, obviously, their jungler went nuts on Lee Sin, so then they're just like, oh, let's play Lee Sin again. I'm like, <laughs> like it's the exact opposite of the Fnatic that you – where Fnatic lost to Soraka in the very next day. They're like, I don't care. We're running it back. Like, we can we can do this. Yeah. They're like, oh, my God, this worked. Like, let's just keep doing it. And it's like, no. Like, it doesn't mean it's good just because it wins. It doesn't mean it's bad just because it loses. So exactly. that's what it comes down to. Um I, I do think you you kind of have to take the odds. Just know that like TSM could very easily yet again just kill themselves in the draft. Yeah, I agree. I'm the same as you. I think Evil Genius is going to be better than TSM, not by a lot, but I think they're a better team. But at 153, I don't know how you can pass up on TSM. Yeah, I, I think I had 
exactly. Like I had these teams like in the same tier, like directly next to each other, like before the season, and I I don't see any reason to think otherwise. I, I still think TSM ceiling is just higher. I don't know if they're ever gonna get there, but like I don't know, three even just take the dog. One fifty three is just too much. Um, liquid minus 400 Dignitas plus 269. Any Dignitas backers here on the gold card podcast? <laughs> no, thank you, sir. Dignitas is, is gone. They're done. They look bad. They look real bad. I feel like, like, all right, you're talking to a guy that's like an LCK aficionado. This team looks like they're playing in slow motion. I said it last week. It's like nothing really changed for me. This Like, they were a little better, I guess, but. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not laying money with four like liquid either here, because it's best of one. I'm not laying four hundred in a best of one unless it's cloud nine. But yeah, I don't know. This is a hard pass. This line sucks. <laughs> um, any other comments on this one? Yeah, and I'm not playing this game. Liquid smash. Yeah. I think. I mean, I did. I I do think Dignitas showed. More this week than last. Yeah, they were definitely better this week. It's just like they looked okay against FlyQuest, who the day before you know, absolutely ran through TSM. So that's something. I just don't know. I mean, this number is pretty big. I just think is on another level. It's really tough to say that you should take him there, but I, I wouldn't hate taking the shot because just because how big the number is. Yeah, that's true. I'll probably be on like liquid kill spreads. Um, Golden Guardians minus two seventeen and Mortals plus one fifty nine. All right, so Golden Guardians kind of. I still think this team's going to be. I, I think Golden Guardians are the sixth playoff team. Like I know they're going to take their lumps. They're going to look really, really bad when they lose. But I still think like they're playing the way you want to be playing right now. I don't know if you guys agree with that or not, but I. And I think the the longer mid and jungle get together, like it's just going to get better and better. I think. I'm in on Golden Guardians, yeah, dude. I, I don't know if I'm laying 217. I know Immortals is bad, but... I'm going to bet Golden Guardians. Yeah, I'll probably but, be on some Golden Guardians this weekend. I'm just in on them in general. Closer is, is very, very good and among the best, if not the best, jungler in the league. DeMonte has looked great so far this season. he had an unbelievable game the other day, which if they're getting unbelievable games from Huhi, like this team is going to be tough to, start, tough, tough to stop over the course of the season because I think FBI is a pretty good AD carry. If they have a weakness for me, it's the top lane. But it's not like Haunter's been awful. So I'm pretty in on Golden Guardians. I think they're a playoff team. They're the sixth team, right? I think you and I are on the same page with that. I just like – I mean, really, it wouldn't surprise me if any of these teams make that that last spot. But, like, they're my favorite lottery ticket, like, if I had to pick one. If I had to have a horse in the race. I, like – just using the logic you used earlier, I want to pull on Immortals here. I just – can't like I just think this line is unbettable both ways. Yeah, Maybe. I also think Immortals is kind of the exception. Like I think they're the tenth team. Yeah, Immortals has looked pretty awful. Like I also the thing with Immortals is, see, I usually like taking like Immortals or teams like Immortals in a spot like this where they've just had like so many bad performances in a row, and you have to think that at some point there's some improvement, even if it's just like baseline improvement trajectory over the course of a season. But it's, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I want a bigger number. This is another kill spread, not a money line. 
I mean, you could maybe play Golden Guardians on a parlay or something, but I, I feel pretty good that they'll win this, but I don't know. 100 Thieves on Sunday, plus 121 against TSM, minus 161. Why the hell is this line so low? Yeah, this feels like a pretty smashed TSM spot. Yeah, like, why isn't this, like, the... T- like, why isn't this, like, minus 200? Why isn't this, like, the FlatQuest CLG line? Or Books the Golden Guardians like- Immortals line? Books just don't like TSM very much. You can tell from them being plus 153 against DG and then here only being minus 161 against 100 Thieves. It feels like it's still too much weight on last season. Like, li- yeah. I mean, Liquid was like that, too, right? Like, Liquid... Going into like last week, that's why I was so heavy on Liquid. I was like, "Why are they? Why are they even money against CG? Like this team looks really now they lost, but like if you looked at Liquid's lines like the first two weeks, it's like clearly priced like they were like too much weight on last season still. Yeah, I agree. So I think TSM's kind of maybe suffering a little from the same fate. I'll probably be on TSM here. It's a good number. Josh defending hundred thieves. No, no. Uh... Sorry, I think I was having internet issues again. I this is another liquid bet for me. I think um, uh, Hundred Thieves has a couple of alarming underlying trends. Um, obviously, it, it is tough with Hundred Thieves. John touched on it a little bit last week, but they they've played a really really tough schedule, so it's really hard for me to glean much in terms of their underlying statistics so far on a team basis. Because like, I mean, if a team play, like they weren't expected to win any of their first, first few games, so it makes it really tough. Um, but I do think that TSM just has a bit of a higher ceiling. I mean, I, again, though, like, I think if the number were better, if this line moves maybe in favor of TSM a little bit and you get like up to the 140, 150 range, like, I think it's probably worth taking a shot up there on 100 Thieves just because of the draft. Like, I could definitely see it and definitely be watching for live betting here, uh, based on draft. I'm with that for sure. I think like once, I mean, 161, like there's no way this goes toward 100 Thieves, right? Like this is going to go away like toward TSM more than like, especially come game, like Sunday. I mean, the other thing to remember too is if TSM win against EG, this is just going to be like minus 250. Especially if 100 Thieves also lose to CLG, like this is just going to be like huge. So I think, I mean, it, I mean that that could be a middle opportunity too. Like potentially, you get like one, you get like one sixty one on TSM now, and then you know hundred thieves lose and TSM win, and all of a sudden you get like a you know like a plus one eighty or plus two hundred or something on hundred thieves, then you can kind of hit a sweet spot. Maybe find there. some arbitrage there. Yeah, yeah. Um, Immortals plus eight sixty five in a best. Cloud Niner minus three thousand three hundred thirty three in a best of one. Well, time to get some Immortals. We've made it. Bad. We've made it. <laughs> so. So tired of it, but there's 32 Immortals lineups to just burn. <laughs> Dude, we've made it to minus 3,000 in a best of one. Yeah, that's probably the biggest best of one line I've ever I've seen. I've never seen that. That's insane. Good on you, Cloud9. Kill spread's going to be like 11.5 or something freaking stupid, too, which means I'll probably take Immortals on the kill spread and cry myself to sleep after it loses. <laughs> Uh, not much else to say here, right? Is this like a beer on Immortals? <laughs> no. It's the best oh, yeah. one! No, I'm not doing it. No way. You'd be better off, like, if you're, if you're going to bet on Immortals, you'd be better off just entering them in DFS, probably. That's yeah, that's right. why I DFS thing instead of betting on them. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, Golden Guardians plus 200 against FlyQuest, minus 278. This is interesting. So, I kind of like Golden Guardians here, just, like, looking at it. 
like gut reaction. I mean, I have them as the sixth team. I think FlyQuest is probably going to be like four or five. It's fairly close. I do think there's a tier between the two of them. But minus 278? The number feels too big, but looking at some of the underlying statistics, I, I'm i actually blown away. Like, I didn't – like, just watching FlyQuest, they look good, but I didn't realize they were this good. Yeah. Um, so that scares me off a little bit, um, especially just like Baron control. Uh, is a little bit scary here, but – I think that number is a little bit too big for me. I'm pro- it's Golden Guardians, I think. Yeah. Just like a half stake or something. It's just too big a number. Like, FlyQuest are definitely favorites, for sure, but shouldn't be this big. This should be like 200-150. Yeah, I feel like Golden Guardians is plus 200 is is a lot. Um, I'd have to look at the same numbers, because it sounds like Roberts is viewing some, some wild underlying statistics here, but... The eye test tells me Golden Guardians plus 200 is, is a pretty good bet there. Well, the other thing with with Golden Guardians is, like, the, the way they're playing is... I don't want to call it high variance, but, like, they're going to be able to snowball games on teams if they just, like, catch a skirmish, right? Like, that's the kind of team they're going to be. So, like, they're, I think, like, I don't want to call them, like, necessarily, like, a good punch-up underdog, because... But, like, I, I think just the way they play, they're going to be able to steal a game here or there against a team that's better than them. So I think this is a pretty good shot to take. Because the other thing, too, is, like, if Golden Guardians end up solidifying themselves as, like, that bubble team, like, they're the, if they're, like, that sixth-place team, you're not going to get a number like this on them probably the rest of the year. They're probably just going to sit at, like, 120, plus 120, plus 140, and you're going to have to try to pick and choose and take your spots there. I think take the, the value while it's here. Yeah. <laughs> I just pulled another one. This one's actually pretty damning. I can share this. This, this one's an Oracle's Elixir, so nothing like we use, but Good. uh mid to late rating, this split FlyQuest is first in the league with plus thirty five point four. Thirty five is nuts. And last with negative thirty four point four. That's absolutely disgusting. And it makes sense too when you think about like just the team, like DeMonte is sort of like I don't know, more like an early game trying all in you, like gonna try and dominate yeah. you. He's a snowballer. And POE is the exact opposite. So, like, that's a little bit scary uh, as well. But, but yeah, again, I think the numbers too big. I think you're basically betting on them to get an early lead snowball. And I think that's plenty fine to take in the 33% outcomes, right? Yeah, exactly. That, that That's that's my reasoning for it. So, last game for NA for the week. Uh, Dignitas plus 360 against Evil Geniuses minus 588. It's a shot on Dignitas, close your eyes special. <laughs> no, I don't think I can even do it. Like, honestly, Froggen, Froggen looks pretty cooked this season, I got to say. Yeah, he looked okay last game. season, but yeah. He looked really good two seasons ago, and then fine last season, and then he looks kind of cooked this season, and Jazuke is playing some of the best League of Legends of his career right now. That feels like the difference maker to me. Both the teams are looking to those two guys to, to help them carry, and I think Jazuke is the one that can do it. Yeah, I also think Jazuke just doesn't—he doesn't play Froggen. I, I don't want to say this. I don't want to say Froggen's game because then it insinuates that he's just this like control mage player, and he's not. He's more versatile than that, and he's shown that over his career. But like Jazuke, like if 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 I'm Froggen, because I, I I kind of I, I model a lot of my play after him for like when I was you know when I was playing a lot. If I'm him, like Jazuke is just the worst kind of person I want to see. He's like this dude's just not going to lane against me. He's just not going to lane. He's going to he's going to roam. He's going to side lane. He's going to do all sorts of nonsense. He's going to play like whatever he's playing that week, Diana or Cassidy or I don't know. I, Evil geniuses have looked good enough for me, but it's a big number. 
It's Dignitas for me a little bit. Like, I'm, I, I could never, never lay this much on EG. It's a uh, big number. I'm definitely not betting Evil Geniuses. I just think it's a pass because I don't think I want to bet Dignitas. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering what the spots I, are going to be there. Yeah, 360 is just a massive number for any BO1, I think. And it's, I, I think you got to take half unit or something. Yeah, I'm thinking, like, I, I don't know okay. what the spreads are going to be. Like, if you get a kill spread, can, so we can maybe talk about this. We've mentioned it already, but, like, the NA totals have been very low. They've been like 20, 21 and a half, 22 and a half at the high end. Uh, so if you, if you consider that and you catch like a, like an eight or nine point kill spread here, like that's a pretty easy cover even for a bad team. Cause like if they just, if it's like a decisive, like 12 to five victory, like we've seen so many of those this season. So keep an eye on that. It might be worth like a three quarters on the spread, one quarter on the money line kind of stake in this spot. So, yeah, not a couple interesting matchups. The TSM EG, uh, Liquid Cloud Nine are like obviously the highlights I think this week, and then the Golden Guardians FlyQuest. So we have like a game a day, which will be good. It'll keep me dialed in to an otherwise region that I'm not too dialed into. <laughs> uh, LEC Friday morning, afternoon, whatever it is for wherever you're at. We have Shaw. Uh, any other comments on NA? By the way. Yeah, he's garbage, dude. It's just trash. It's getting worse and worse Besides every season. Cloud Nine, it feels so bad. Yeah. Um, Shaka plus one thirty, Excel minus one seventy five. Shaka all day, every day. Give me it. Pick of the week. Slam it. Pick of the week. Just all day, every day. Excel's garbage. Seriously. I don't know. We'll see if there's anything better, but right now it's the leading candidate, I think. Why? Justify it. Uh, I think Excel is the – either these two teams are ninth and 10th in my mind, and it's like a very big gap between 8th and these two. So whoever the hell is getting plus money here is, is like an absolute slam for me. I think Schalke's ceiling is much higher than what they've exhibited, and especially think that even when Excel won their game – Special was still garbage. Yeah. And if anybody, if there's any team that, like, their only hope is mid lane dominating, it's literally Shalka, right? So, and you got to think kind of also that uh, Prize likes playing these carry tops, and Odo has been really, really bad. Like, don't get it. There's no no two ways to go about it. He's been really bad. But if you're playing that style of top laner, like, I like someone who's like, you know, kind of more of a savvy veteran in Odo who can really just punish that matchup. I don't know. To me, it just makes sense. I can see, I can very well craft a way that Shaka wins this and just think the number is wrong for teams that are this close. This is OMG LNG, right? But in Europe, like, it's maybe they're not. I mean, in this case, I think it might be the worst teams, but like, it's two teams that kind of are doing the same thing a little bit. They're both struggling. Yeah, I like it. And I agree I think, with you. Like, I do think Shulka's got more room for growth, I think. Like, they've been really bad. The thing I'm worried about with Shulka is that they should have had room for growth already. I like, agree. they have a few savvy veterans. Like, I mean, Abadaga's not really a veteran, but he's been around for a little while. And he was good for at least one season where, like, we know that he has potential. And Odo's been around forever. And I kind of feel like this team should have come into this season a lot better than they have. And the fact that they came in with Odo looking bad and Abadage not dominating his lanes, that has me real scared. I will say, Special has been completely dog shit. <laughs> he's, been, he's been awful. See the worst part and, in the LEC? 
people could have seen that coming from EU Masters. He wasn't good in EU Masters either, and he was on a team that was like stacked in comparison to a lot of other teams, and he still was not good. You know what's weird about him is that like when he played in the LEC before, like he was fine. It wasn't great, but he was he was like like just you know a serviceable starter. I wonder if there's some sort of uh, thing that comes from having played in the lower leagues for a little while and maybe being able to do some things that you can't do with the higher levels. Um, I, I've, I've seen that happen before in league. It happens in Counter-Strike, which we were talking about earlier. Definitely some of the teams that come up from the lower leagues, they try some strategies that work on people that aren't as good as the top teams, but the top teams just demolish them. Yeah. And it seems kind of similar with uh, with league. Sometimes you get guys like a uh, perfect example is leader. And I still think leader is really good. But when he was in EU Masters, he just took I really every game and just one v one to everybody and just fought them and just outplayed them. And when he got in the LEC, he couldn't do that anymore. And he looked a lot worse because the players were just good enough to not get all in over and over again. Yeah. So I don't know. I think Excel's better than Shalka, but I'm not going to pay 175 for Excel. So it feels like either a pass or take Shalka to me. I'll take some Shalka. I think Josh convinced me on this one. Like, obviously, I got to look into it more, but like, I agree. Like, I think both these teams are probably the bottom of the table. I think Vitality's going to end up being worse than Excel. I could like, see Vitality that. Had a hot start, but I think they're going to end up being worse. I could see that. Like,. <laughs> I think what's weird is these two teams didn't get better, but I think everybody else improved. But I do think ultimately it's going to settle into, like, this mush. Like, I think the bottom – I think, like, Vitality I, – I, honestly, dude, SK look really good. <laughs> but I do think, like, Vitality and these two are going to settle into this, you know, 8-9-10 race in some yeah, way, shape, like or form. SK, I'm starting to trust a little bit to, like, not be in that tier. Listen – I, I I know I probably haven't said it on this show, but you're gonna ask Corey and Nick. I've been the biggest crown shot stand forever. Oh yeah, and no, you have. I've just said he's been trapped in Elo Hell, and his team is finally not just hard inting, and he just looks like a god. Like, mm-hmm. does, does he not look like a top three ADC in, in Europe right now? Yeah, he's been a monster. Yeah, yeah he's looked really good. Man, and this team like. And Gen X, I'm very impressed. Uh, John, did you talk about this? Sorry, say again? Did you talk about it last week, the mids moving to top in EU? I think we did talk about it last week, but Gen X has looked awesome. Dude, I've been yeah. making that transition that quickly is really impressive. Phenomenal. I'm very impressed with the team. Very impressed. Well, they're just playing well. Yeah. Like, they keep Trick off Lisa. Like, don't – they got a little care right. Trick's been playing well, but just don't put him on Lisa. Like, yeah, he's – he he was starting to revert a little bit last weekend. Everybody was like, "Hey, hey, calm down here, trick." He was like, maybe "He was like maybe the worst player in the whole league in spring." So they yeah. they got to stop him from falling back into that uh, habit there. Dude, I almost thought like I almost tweeted out this morning. I was like, "Oh man, Bono just doing his trick impression." <laughs> like, because he definitely did. He's like, and then did you see the next game? He was like, he's like, "Yeah, go ahead, three buff me, three buff me. I don't care." I'm just going to take this dragon while there's a fight going on bottom. I'm not going to go fight. I'm going to take the dragon. I'm going to take both scuttle crabs. You can three buff me. That's fine. That's fine. I'm not fighting. I'm not taking any risks. <laughs> like, it looks like the coach said, I'm going to beat your ass if you if you die. Like, that's literally that game looked that way this morning. Like, after you fed his ass off in the first game, it was like, the coach was like, listen. <laughs> I don't know. So, I don't Yeah, Trick, Trick's been pretty good. Like, I don't even think it's just, like, not bad. He's been pretty good. But I don't know if that's, like, a symptom. I'd have to, like, go through with a fine-tooth comb and look at it. But, like, I think this team's just playing really well right now. I guess we'll just skip the next. 
Yeah, we're not even on that game yet. Yeah, we're not even on that game yet. But yeah, like I do think Excel or SK is is differentiating themselves. I think it's they're going to be like at least seven, probably higher at this point. I don't know. And then I think the bottom three is going to settle into some mix. Like I think Shalk is going to get a little better. I think Excel is probably going to stay the same. I think Vitality is going to come down a little bit, and they're all just going to be, you know, the bottom dwellers, even if they're like better than they were last season. So uh, Vitality. Speaking of that. Plus 145 against Misfits, minus 165. Misfits, dude, I don't know. This team is an enigma to me. Like, I don't know if it's just that they lose in spectacular fashion or what, but I like, I don't know. I I just don't like this team. I don't Something doesn't sit right with me. Like, you want to talk about gut handicapping? Like, just something doesn't sit right with Misfits for me. I, I, I think it's just Dan Dan. I think Dan Dan just sucks, and it just I can't get over it. I had high hopes for Misfits coming into this season and bringing Kabe back. For one thing, I don't know why Doss has been playing. He's been terrible. I don't, I don't see any reason why Denix shouldn't be shouldn't be playing. Fabiven has has gone back. He's gone back to NA Fabiven again. He hasn't looked very good. Razork was the closer of EU for a while there, where he was like the young hot jungler, and he hasn't been that impressive either. I don't know. I, like a lot of things that I thought were going to come together for the team this season have not come together. Dan Dan has not improved where I was expecting him to settle in. He was. He's been terrible. Yeah, it's it's been it's been real sad. I thought this was a decent shot split for Misfits, but they've looked pretty bad so far. Like I know, I don't know. I think I stick Vitality here. Like I don't trust Vitality to like. I don't think that they're very good either. But like all the teams in Europe, this isn't like an NA situation, right? Where like. Even the worst teams in Europe, I think, are good enough to just, like, beat you if you play bad, you know? Yeah, that's true, I think. So, like, I think you need to look at these best-of-one regions as, more along the lines of, has this favorite justified being a favorite this large more than just looking at the matchup in a vacuum, right? Like, do Misfits deserve to be laying this much money against anybody? Maybe Excel so- or Schalke? At the line you have, minus 165, I think Misfits is a hammer. The line I have is minus 195, and I bet that earlier, so that tells you how much how I feel about it. But I think I would take them there. I mean, like, the other thing is, like, they've had a relatively tough schedule. Like, yeah, yeah, that's for sure. I will say, I don't think betting Vitality is, is a thing. Yeah. I think you're either betting Misfits or you're not betting the game at all. Okay. I, yeah, I bet Misfits here. I, I do understand. I, I agree with your you guys' arguments. I think they're good. I think Febby is struggling to understand how to be part of two core again because last split he was it was basically I don't know. Do you guys think they were one core last split? I, I kind of thought they were. Like they were all in on him. Yeah, but like it was it was weird. They they were, but it was like mostly just like he got resources. That's what I mean. Yeah, because yeah, like, Kabe and Kabe looks good, but. But I think Fabi's struggling to play. He, I think he really struggles if he's not the focal point. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe, like I, I like Misfits are a better team. I do think Misfits like end up a tier better. I just think they look bad right now, and maybe I'm overreacting to that. Like maybe two weeks from now, this number is like, wow, I'm an idiot for not taking Misfits at this. But like, one sixty five feels bettable to me. That feels like a bet that I'm going to end up making. I'm real surprised with them. I thought they were going to be like up with Fnatic and those guys and battling, and they're not going to be, but I still think they're way better than Vitality. Yeah, I think that's fair. I just think, like, the other thing to think about here is, like, you want to talk individual matchups is, like, you have Cabo against Dan Dan, which is kind of scary, right? Like, he's – it's not even like he's been, like – 
unexciting. He's been actively bad, like just an actual detriment. Yeah, Dan Dan made Malachi look bad, so he's dead to me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but those, like Cabo doesn't really play carries anymore. That's true. They they haven't. I don't. I mean, I'm trying to think back. I feel like they're not really like trying to put that much onus on Cabo. Like he plays like his sigh on top or whatever, and just kind of does his thing, and then he's there for late game team fights. Like they had, lastly, it was like they were really like constantly trying to get him ahead. But this would—I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm misremembering. But it doesn't seem like they're doing the same thing. I feel like so. he should be like a KL guy. I don't know, something like that. Jace, but I don't. I don't know. Maybe you've talked me off this. I'll probably just pass. I, I, I'm. I'm more like I. I think you just can't have someone that bad. Like, like Europe is too competitive to have that big of a gap on like a hole in your team. You just can't have a detrimental player like that. Like. Like who's who's who are the worst players in in Europe this split? Yeah, he's one of them. Like I mean, it's him, it's him and special and and I mean shit, Jack Stroll hasn't even played. Like, well, and we talked about it in the Discord. John especially knows this, but like EU Masters, like there was plenty of really good top lane talent. I don't know why they didn't go out and grab it. I think well, maybe they, maybe they thought he was going to progress. Well, honestly, it's because Dan Dan was one of those guys. Like, he was one of those guys that was in the regional leagues, and he was, like, a godlike talent. And then he just hasn't been very good since he's been in the LEC, but they're probably just still trying to develop him. Yeah, and, like, I'm not ruling out that he could get better. Like, we've seen plenty of times that, like, Smeb, Smeb, I don't know if you guys remember this, but, like, Smeb, before becoming a world champion, Smeb was, like, a joke. Like, his first year in the LCK, he was a joke. He was awful. Like, he he was the brunt. He was the special of the LCK. He was the worst player in the league. Like it was unanimous. And then like a year later, he's a world champion, or two years later, or whatever it was. So like I'm not ruling out a turnaround, and he's, he's very young still. But like it's tough to trust them right now. I don't know. G two minus five fifty six. SK Gaming plus three fifty five. You know this would normally be a spot where I take a shot, but I didn't now. I'm good. I'll pass. <laughs> G two G two has not looked themselves so far this split. Yeah. And I'll say a lot of it's in the draft, I think, for me. I'm seeing this Rex eye. I don't like this Rex eye. Get my boy Yankos off this Rex eye. Some stuff I'm not I'm not liking that I'm seeing from there. I still don't know if I want to take a shot on SK against G2. The thing that's weird is like <laughs> I trust G two with a Rex eye more than probably any team on earth. Yeah, when it comes to that, they're definitely the number one team that you would want to see draft a Rek'Sai, but I just don't want to see it anyway. That's fair. That's fair. This is probably going to be a pass. Like, and I and I like SK. Like, I love. They're, they're fun to watch. They're they're just good. They play good League of Legends. Like, it's, I don't know. This is this could be like a dangerous spot for G two. Like, SK have looked really good. If they're not on the Ray game, it could. Like, this could be an upset. I'm I'm probably just going to pass. I'll, I'll pick different lottery tickets. We got to wait for the troll cycle to come back around. The merry-go-rounds got to come. The cycles got to come back up to the top. This next one. This next one's pretty exciting. But Mad lot. You have anything on G two SK? <laughs> You're muted. Like, like, how are we not paying three forty five for like what we think is probably the sixth or seventh best team against the first team? Like, I, don't know. I mean, why not? Right? Carry this crown shot just dumpster perks in the bottom lane and just carry this thing. I just like it's just hard for me to not say like at least maybe this the kill spread actually seems fairly okay like they both average about a ten kill differential like G two when they win it's about ten is and, it ten 
It's about 10. It's about close. If it's 10, I'm taking SK on the spread. No, the kill spread is eight and a half that I see, but like, so it's fairly good at, at that number. Like it's tough to take a side, but like, I think at plus 340, I just feel like I'm forced to like that number is just too big for what it looks good. Yeah. I don't know. And I hate it because I know they're going to lose, but like, yeah, you might be right. This might be a quarter. Next one, Mad Lions, slight dogs against Origin, minus one eleven, minus one twenty. Hashtag esports juice. Yeah, this is a this is a fun little matchup here. Yeah, Origin, I think is taking a step down this season. Mad is taking a step up. These teams feel like uh, like they're in the same ballpark here for me. I think this number is. I think this should be reversed. I think it should be Mad favored just stylistically, but like I. I think the origin taking a step back, I don't – I think it's dangerous to overrate that. Like, I, I don't think you want to say, like, origin took a giant step back because, like, this team's still good. They still have really good players. But Mayhem Lions look nuts right now. I, I, gotta, I, I mean, I, I am not getting in the way of this team. I'm not doing it. I don't know. I mean, I'll probably be on Mayhem Lions here. Roberts has a thought in his mind. I can see it. Uh, I just saw something else, but – this is definitely pick the week on Mad. Like I've been saying it since last year or since the end of last week, Mad's the better team, uh, and they, like they're literally just better. Um, yeah, I lied earlier when I said I had it. It's this is probably pick the week, and then I think the kill spread, the kill total at twenty and a half is probably too low as well. Um, but I, I mean, to me, what we've seen from Mad in terms of ju- even like. Gameplay aside, just their draft flexibility is the type of thing that really messes with a team like Origin. In my yep. I know we've talked about that in the past, like the G2s, the kind of mess with Origin. Kind of got stomped on because Origin beat both G2 and Fnatic. Yeah, that's the but, weird thing here, right? Like, that's yeah. the weird angle to this is like Origin have like won those and like lost other shit. It's like, what, like, what is, like what's going on here, right? right? But yeah, I think it's, I think it's mad for me. I mean, them being underdogs, even if it's, like, even if you're not taking the minus one ten because you just don't, I don't. I mean, I guess plus four. I guess the kill spread you're getting even more solid. So, but you're a little safer. So maybe you take the kill spread if you you don't think they're going to win, but they'll keep it close. I don't know. I could even I could definitely see a world where Mad wins and kills like and loses the game just because yeah. and scales up late and gets a big team fight win around an objective and stuff like just runs it in the base. But. Yeah, I, I'm going to be on mad here just because of, like, the stylistic matchup just being a bad matchup for Origin. Like, I don't think they're ne- – I think these teams are still probably, like, pretty even. Like, they're basically the same level. They're just very different styles of teams, and I think Origin struggle with this kind of stuff. Like, I think – Mad are good, man. <laughs> this is a good team. They're fun to watch. Mad are the kind of team that make me happy that EU's got an extra seed this year. Because, like, if they just randomly go through a bad streak and end up, like, or just, like, lose a playoff series and they end up getting fourth, I'm going to be so, so happy that team gets to go to Worlds and not, like, Misfits or something. You know, <laughs> like, no offense to Misfits, but offense to Misfits. So, that's, um, yeah, mad. Any origin? I mean, I don't, I, I think, I don't think any of us are disrespecting origin. I think this is mostly just that, mad have the eye of the tiger right now and they look good and they're creative and they're crazy confident and stylistically it's a bad matchup for origin this is like no slight against origin i don't think like i still think they're probably going to be a top four team 
I really like I really like Matt here too. They're like you talking about their drafts and stuff. The, even just the fact that they had a strategy for Varus and let it through a couple times already tells me their drafting is like better than other people's immediately. That they're not just like blending straight into what everybody else is doing. They're coming up with their own stuff, coming up with good counterplay. That kind of stuff just immediately tells me they're good drafters. They're just a good team. Like they're doing everything right. Yeah, I agree. They're like one of the few teams too. I know we we haven't touched on this, but they they do like make Lee Sin look busted. Shadow is like unreal at the champion. I'm convinced he's actually an LPL player just playing in Europe. <laughs> Hashtag it's, LPL Lee Sin, right? I have something completely unrelated, but something just just make everybody feel bad real quick that I just happened to notice on Twitter. Uh oh. Some people who follow streamers and stuff might already know this information, but uh, Viper's little brother just made a post that I happened to see while I was going through just now. His peak was 1,400 LP in Challenger, and he just posted today because he just graduated middle school. That's ridiculous. (laughs) He's just graduated from middle school. That's insane. 1,400 LP Challenger. (laughs) And he's been this good for like two years, too. That's what's insane. We're all boomers. None of, us, none of us can get it anymore. Dude. Sorry, That's I had to throw insane. That What's he, like 13? No, yeah, he's like... just graduated. He okay. said uh, he's, he must be – yeah, he's 13 right now. That's ridiculous. <laughs> anyway. No. God, I feel old. Fanatic, speaking of old. Dude, this Friday slate is so dope. It's, it's sweet. Slate. This is like the best. Ma- this is like literally like the best matchups possible. This, this is I, this is gonna be a fun. I mean, this is an awesome slate. So we have Fnatic minus two hundred against. Bro- this is like literally just like one. Basically, like we're only missing Fnatic G two. That's like the only thing we're missing on this slate, right? Like Fnatic can play twice and play G two. Like, and Fnatic Rogue might be a better matchup right now because people yeah. are kind of down on Fnatic after the two Soraka games. So this is like a matchup that might be kind of more interesting for people right now. Um, so Fnatic minus 200, Rogue plus 147. Throw out uh, – I don't want to go into a huge rant on this because I, I defended the shit out of Fnatic. I defended the shit out of him for running it back because like, like Josh said earlier, don't be results-oriented about it. It's just because – like they lost that game for execution purposes, not because of the draft. You could criticize it all you want. Say that they had all low range carries against an Oriana, and that's why they lost the first one, first time around. The second draft was better, and they still they they lost again on execution, right? I don't mind running it back if you are confident there was an execution thing. I love the Soraka bot lane. I think it's really busted. I think you're going to see it more often. Uh, I do think it's harder to execute, but um, remove that from the equation. Think about these teams. Rogue's playing out of their mind right now. Rogue are playing my kind of League of Legends. And it's beautiful, and they're great. But Fnatic and G2, and I think maybe we got to start putting Mad Lions into this conversation too, are just going to give Origin and Rogue problems. They're just going to give – like, it's it's really hard to make the adaptations and then still keep your good – like, all the good, you know, game planning stuff that they're good at, right? I, I think Fnatic are going to win this. Like, I don't know if I'm going to lay 200 with Fnatic, but, like, like I think if you're gonna bet this, you have to bet Rogue probably. Like if you just start talking money lines. Yeah, kill spread is really reasonable. Fnatic minus five and a half, minus one ten. That's really really nice. Yeah, I think like the average margin of victory in Europe is like just off the top of my head, I think it's like nine and a half or something like that this season. Might be more than that. 
Um, yeah, I mean, you could justify either way. Like, I could, I could see, like, if you're if you're a rogue backer, you could justify this and say, like, uh, maybe Fnatic continue to try different things, and they're not like playing at optimal peak level. But, and and we've seen that with them in the past, where like they'll just get not like not like hooked on something. But they'll just go through like a two or three week period where they're just trying stuff out, which I think is good for teams to do if they're good. I really do. I think it's really good that teams do that, but I think it's also an advantage you can get identifying those situations and maybe fading them. So I think if you're on Rogue, you just look at them as like Rogue's playing at their ceiling right now, right? And Fnatic is maybe if they if you think they're gonna mess around for another week, maybe that's like I could see I could see either side of this, but I'm probably gonna be passing it. I think Fnatic win. Oh, yeah, I, th- I think it's no bet for me, but I think Fnatic's going to win. Vitality and SK Gaming is off the board. I would assume SK, like, one minus 150, something like that. Feels like an SK bet if it's in that range, but uh, I don't know what it'll look like. Yeah, I don't know. Tough to say with this one. I think SK have looked like a better team, but... I mean, if, if, you, if, they, if they float like a really... If they float like a 130 or something... Because these teams are like kind of close in the standings or whatever, or they're not though. Never mind. Like maybe in like preseason projections, they were closer and they float a low number. Then I could totally see just like hammering SK, but we don't know yet. Uh, Misfits two twenty seven minus two twenty seven Excel plus one sixty seven. If you're bullish on Misfits, this is the spot, right? Uh minus two twenty seven feels heavy. I feel like I just passed this one. Uh... I think Misfits will probably win. This feels like a good week where Misfits goes 2-0 and starts to get themselves back in the conversation a little bit. Um, might play a little bit of XL and DFS, but I think I just passed. Josh? Uh, I would just add, John, actually, that was a good point. I think you just, if you want to bet this game, just, I would just parlay Misfits to a weekend instead. Yeah, yeah I like that. Uh, that. That seems really good. You're probably going to get plus odds for two decently. Origin... But- Minus five hundred, Shaka plus three twenty nine. I mean, is it is it not? Nah. Oh god, I hate this. Like, I, anytime I see anything over three hundred, I just feel like I have to bet it in B O one. But like, God, I hate this bet. These yeah, Origins. Teams... What are, I don't like to take those those spots against. We've talked about it a lot, but I just don't feel like Origin loses to teams like Shaka almost. Every... But they did last split. In week nine, or was it week nine or week eight? They lost like the end toward the end of the split. No, they they beat Shaka on a back door. Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. A week eight, yeah. I mean, they're basically the same. T- it's like it's like Coke and Diet Coke here. Like it's. I think it's more like Coke and like Diet Right or something. Like, I I always joke. No, I say Diet Shasta Orange. That's the. Yeah. <laughs> Or just like whatever, like store brand, the store label, um, the fourth, the fourth label down on the shelf or whatever, the 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 well, the well liquor. <laughs> uh I like the under in this game. It's probably gonna be like nineteen and a half, so maybe I don't even like the under. Under kill spread over game time. Both feel reasonable. I don't know. Maybe. I like the under total for sure. As long as it's not like 18 and a half, then maybe maybe I still like it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Mad Lions minus 135. Rogue plus 101. Give me Mad Intrig- Lions. Intriguing numbers there. 
yeah. they're giving uh, they're giving Rogue a fair bit of respect against Fnatic, and then not not a lot of respect against Mad. It feels like yeah, it's they, really they weird, have, right? They must have Fnatic underrated versus where I would put them, given how they're rating these two matchups. But it feels like Mad, man. It feels like Mad's for real. I feel like I'm definitely betting a unit here. I love that team, man. They're so fun. And they're good. Like, it's not even just that they're fun. They're good and fun. And those are the best teams. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. Like, this this weekend feels like Rogue lose both matchups, and then I'm just going to hammer them next week. Because, like, they're going to be undervalued against whoever they're against. I love looking in the future like that and trying to figure out how you're going to get value in the future based on these results. It's like one of my favorite DFS things, especially trying to think about how other people are going to view this team in their mind, given what's happened reason recently, and then trying to take advantage of that. Yeah, like Rogue. I mean, this is I mean, this is a, like the opposite strength of competition for like North America, right? Like, I think this Rogue team would just dumpster everyone besides Cloud Nine in North America. Maybe not Liquid if they're playing well. Yeah, they, a like, lot of these teams would be top four teams in NA. Yeah, like I think like Rogue Origin Mad Lions would be better than everyone probably besides Cloud9. If Liquid plays to their ceiling, maybe they're in that conversation, but yeah, like I, I just strength competition in Europe is kind of crazy. Even Misfits is probably a top 4 team, but um maybe not. There's actually a lot of good top laners in North America. Um Damn, I actually said that out loud, didn't I? Shit. Let's go on to the next one before I... Uh... Are we ready to be able to bet G2 for, like, the first time fucking ever? G2 minus 169. Against Fnatic. G2. Yeah, I'm, I'm betting G2 for sure. G2 all day. <laughs> are we falling into a trap here? Because, like, these teams are pretty even, right? No. Like, I think G2 <laughs> is better, but, like, come on, dude. Like... Is this just a trap because we never get G2 at these numbers? Is that why? Like, are we just all like, no, we have to. Like, we're just never going to see, we're never going to see less than minus 500 for G2 ever again. Like, just have to take a shot at it here. I might take G2 minus 169 against any team that's not from China in the whole world. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I'm with it. Give me G2. This could be the last time we see that number in 2020. All right. What do you think, Josh? Oh, I, think, I think Josh thinks what I think initially, which is just like, this is closer to 50-50, but it feels like you have to take G2 because the numbers no, so are really, I thought he had a really strong opinion because he's frozen. So when I looked at his camera, that uh, basically... Uh, yes. Oh, he's got a strong opinion about this. I definitely thought so, so. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Noted. Noted. Josh, yeah, yeah, Josh, what do you think? <laughs> we just had a good moment with your freeze frame. It was great. <laughs> um... <laughs> We were like, we, yeah, we like tossed it to you and your free, your frame froze, and we were like, oh man, he's got a really strong opinion on this G two. You're like, I oh, just like, strong opinion about this. I'm just mad. Like, there's just too many lines in the LEC this week. I just feel like I have to bet the dog. Like, and this is like, I hate myself because I, I agree with you guys. Like, what the hell we're getting G two of minus one sixty nine? But also, like, the only reason we're getting G two. At that big of a number, like if Fnatic goes 2 0 last weekend, we get G2 at minus 169. No it's, it's like minus 130, right? Yeah. So this is all inflated. That's what I'm For, saying. Like, that was my initial <laughs> thought on it. Was like, I feel like I have to just bet value wise, like I have to bet Fnatic, but I, like, I hate it. I don't know. It, and it comes down to drafts. Like, these know, two man. teams can both still just like, I mean, that, that, 
some of the finals these teams have played against each other have been great. Like regardless of what the metagame is, they both yeah. adjust really, really well. So maybe I might just bet the over kills, or actually I might just not bet this game just so I can enjoy it. I'll be more upset if I don't bet it. But this should be a hell of a game. This this week in LAC is phenomenal. Slate is stacked. It's so good. Like even the worst games are intriguing because it's two bad teams against each other, and you get a data point, which is good. So, <sighs> man, it's probably just G two. I think technique wise, it's fanatic. I think it just. I think like I'm just I'm like a moth to the flame with a line under two hundred for G two. Like I just can't. I can't. Like, I have to go have it. Um. Yeah, dude. The EU is stacked this week. This is going to be so fun. Is this I, – I want to get you guys' opinion. I think I'm a little bit biased because, like, this is my most successful region in terms of DFS. But I legitimately think, like, the LEC is the most interesting region to watch. Because, like, I think it's this split especially, like, with SK rising, Vitality, they have some chops. Like, this feels like a region where it's legitimately, like, any team can beat any team. And it's not just because they throw, like, the LPL. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> They're all decent. I don't know what you guys' thoughts on them. I think the LEC is an incredibly strong region. I think it's I think it's a really fun region too. It's always been my favorite region to watch as, as far as like in terms of. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that that the LPL, which is the other fun region to watch, is best of three. So you still don't get as much uh, variance in the results. Where the LEC is also pretty variant, but it's best of one, so it just amplifies the variance. But I don't know. LEC is my favorite region to watch, and I think it's a really competitive region. I think the LEC is like low key trend setting for China and Korea. Oh, I definitely think I that's I, I I actually think that like the those two regions look to the LEC for for the creative stuff because I I think the LEC is the most progressive region. Like, China, you could say like people like to point to China, right? But you have to remember there's 17 teams, and like half the teams in that league are just like a robot that you, you turn it on and you point it in a direction, it's just going to do its thing, right? Like, they have their own perks, their own personalities, which is, like, cool. That makes it interesting in itself. But, like, a lot of those LPL teams are incredibly stubborn. Like, a lot of the players are incredibly stubborn. I wish more of the LPL players would adapt to new stuff because they're kind of starting to fall into, like, the Korean thing where, like, they feel like they need to be optimal all the time, but it doesn't necessarily always fit. And then, like, the teams that – you have the teams that are doing that at the top of the table, which they should be doing because they're good, right? Then you have, like, all these teams in the middle that just have their own personality and that's what they are. But, like, they don't stray from that. They don't do new stuff. So, like, the the LPL might have more champion picks by the end of the season because there's 17 teams and you have a bunch of people that are set in their ways. The LEC, like, every team is do- – even, dude, even Origin is, like, trying, like, the Echo 131. Like, Origin is, like, this stoic, old-school, like, by-the-book League of Legends team, and even they're trying stuff. But Jelani, BLG played Malkai Jungle, like, three times, bro. God. The, well, no, that, dude, that's the point I'm trying to make. It's like, you have these, like, weird, like, these teams get weird obsessions. Invictus with the Aatrox. Like, they just have these weird obsessions. Like, I really do, yeah, I don't know. I th- and you're starting to see, like, I, I think Korea, the, part of the reason why I'm, like, again, bullish on Korea, obviously, like, not even my bias. Like, part of the reason I'm like getting bullish on Korea is like you're starting to see these Korean teams just actually just do what European teams are doing. Uh, you saw Sand- Sandbox bringing Yamato Cannon. That's like another indicator. Like, look at what Dan, dude. Look at what Damwon is doing right now. I know they've played two garbage teams. Ignore that. I don't want to say garbage about Sandbox, but like for now they are right. They're gonna get better. But 
Like, look at that kind of thing. Would you have ever said a Korean team's going to do Pantheon support? Like, get at it. I mean, they did Volibear support last year, too, but, like, like think they're of, dude, like, they're branching, because they, they, re- they started doing this last year, and they're continuing to do it this year, right? Like, you're just starting to see, like, they look at Europe, they're like, look, they're doing a lot of shit right. They're baiting a Varus pick and having a Hecarim for it, right? We're going to bait an Aphelios pick and have Pantheon Syndra for it. Like, I, I wish, and the LPL could learn some stuff about this too. Like, I wish more teams, like, really everyone should be watching Europe for, for creative stuff. Like, 100%. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the, the personality. Because the, the, Europe's always been this way. Like, they're always on, like, the not necessarily the cutting edge, but they're very creative. So, yeah, I don't know. This is a dope slate, man. This is going to be super exciting. And I think, like, God, I was going to have one, like, we'll, we'll get to the Friday games in the other two regions, but I think Friday is the best day of League of Legends that I can ever remember. Like, it might be better than Worlds someday. All in all, every game through all four regions is, like, there's a phenomenal game in each region. Yeah. So I'm I'm very excited for Friday. I might, it's going to be like a kid on Christmas. I'm just going to stay up all night and not sleep. Oh, yeah. It's going to be awesome. Um, you guys want to do LPL or LC? We'll just go reverse order. We'll do LPL next. Um, Friday, first match on Friday. Uh, more interesting than it looks, I think. Uh, so Rogue Warriors plus three fifteen against Team WE minus four seventy six. We'll say Team WE minus one and a half set minus one thirty five. Team WE look really really good. I kind of think teams just aren't testing them though. It's not that they've played like they've played good teams. But I kind of feel like teams are just letting them do their thing every single game, and no one's doing a damn thing about it. Doesn't it feel like if you're if you're a coach right now, just put yourself in the coach of Rogue Warriors shoes? Dan Aphelios. You're preparing for this matchup. Aren't Galio and Aphelios just like immediately on your ban list? Yeah. Like let them have whatever they want. They're not getting those two champions. Yeah. They play them every game. They crush everybody every game with them. They're just not getting them. Make play Varus. At least yeah, in play, game one, play. make them beat you with something else. Yeah, make make them beat you with something else. I agree with you. If I'm the coach of any other team, I'm just banning Galio and Aphelios and seeing what they got. Because they've looked great with those two champions. Without does, them, not so great. Doesn't it always feel like – I mean, you get this sometimes too. Where like, I mean, you see this in like traditional sports all the time where like it feels like there's a really easy solution. It's not always that simple. It's not always super cut and dry. But it feels like there's a really easy solution, but like nobody wants to be the first person to like – you know, bite the bullet and try it, right? Like nobody wants to be like, "Oh, we ban, oh, we didn't ban Varus against them. We banned the Aphelios and the Galio instead, and they just shit on us with Varus. That's embarrassing because we didn't ban Varus like an idiot, right? Like, if that happens, let it happen. Yeah, that's what I think get, too, and especially Rogue Warriors who, I mean, you had a, t- I mean, they've had a terrible start. Yeah, I mean they, I, they still should have taken a game off Top Esports. I swear. <laughs> I'm not going to let that go. If you've noticed that, that's anyway. Um, I, I don't know. Like I know Rogue Warriors have looked a little worse than they did last season. I think Yudong's taking his lumps right now. But dude, Team WE, someone's got to do it. Someone's got to do it. I'm probably betting the WE minus 1.5 to be honest. I just don't think Rogue Warriors has the personnel. Yeah. Like they've got they've got Zwuji. Like Yudang hasn't looked good. He hasn't even been that good. Neither of their top laners has been that good. Their mid lane's not like normally. My thing against WE is just like punish Teacher Ma. Like he just sucks in lane. Just go beat him up with somebody. And I don't even think Rogue Warriors has the personality like to do that. No, I, so, I, I think I think it's a minus one point five on WE for me. 
I think these are just stout guns. But I don't know, I mean, Team WWE's weird. Like they frustrate the hell out of me because like this is a classic LPL situation, right? This is a team that is so set in stone, so predictable. They're not particularly good, like, players. But because the LPL just refuses to do anything different or adapt to it, or it takes them ten weeks to figure it out, they're just going to win three-quarters of their game. Team WWE is probably going to win two-thirds of their games this season. They're probably going to be, like, a five or six seed in playoffs. Or seven so. seed. And they're probably going to – like, they're going to have upset potential against another team within that vicinity. And then they're just going to face one of the good teams and get their shit kicked in. Like, that's the – like, it's literally the same – they're like the weird version of EDG. Where it's like – like, EDG, I think, are a more versatile, like – I don't want to say smarter because Team WWE are playing pretty smart. Because Team WWE know what they are, which I respect. But, like, it pisses me off that, like, seven, 16 other teams can't figure out how to beat this team. Like, why – I don't want to say 16, but, like, 13 of the, the 16 other teams can't figure out how to consistently beat this team. It looks obvious to me. I'm with you. But I, I think you're right. Rogue Warriors might just be outgunned here. John, I'm just going <clears> to – I I like. I think this is no bet for me, and the only reason why is because Sunday there's a better – like, in my opinion, a way better bet against the Rogue Warriors. Oh, yeah. That's fair. It's phenomenal compared that's, to that. Eight, that's eight cents different. Yeah, that's reasonable. Well, you're right. Why not both? <laughs> That's true, too. Pick of the uh, week coming up, though. Fair. Uh, oh, yeah? Coming up right here, yep. There's no way you're on the same side of this as me, right? I guess not. Top eSports minus 1.5. Pick of the week. I already put I already put, I already put. put this in. I am on the same side as you for a change. Yeah. Like, right, so top eSports minus 500 against EDG plus 334. The top minus 1.5 is at minus 132. Presumably, Hope will not be playing for EDG. And Hope is like the only thing that EDG has going for them. This I season. don't think that's true. I think Mako's been very, very good. I oh, think, you're right. I think the top and both junglers have been pretty good. I think Scout's having a rough season. I don't think the top and jungle have been that good. They've, they haven't been terrible. They're but fine. I, I don't think they've been. I don't think they've been exciting. And Scout has not been exciting. Mako's been good. I'll give you Mako. Mako's. I mean, we were talking in the Discord this week uh, about like our all time teams, and I had Mako in the conversation for support. I don't I, think, I think he's top. the best of all time, but he's like top five. I think Top just blows them over right here. Yeah, I think Top's gonna. Blow. I mean, the only way I could see that not happening is if they. I mean, dude, did you see the Majis in both games this morning? <laughs> he just has no respect for humanity. Like, just not. He does. He has respect for his audience. I guess. Yeah, watching Night has been a great last six months. If you enjoy watching Night, it's been a good six months. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I don't even know who EDG is going to march out here. Like, I've been trying to figure that out. Uh, I got to look at their academy guy, but... I mean, that's a huge loss. Even if... I mean, there's a chance he plays. Uh, So, Hope had a collapse long. He had to get surgery today, I think it was. I doubt he plays, but I've seen people, like, go to work after that. Surgery. Even with him, I think there's a decent chance this is a two-zero anyway. So uh, I'm pretty happy to bet the minus one point five. I was kind of I was kind of bummed because I was looking forward to EDG taking a game in this series, but with Hope out, I have a lot less confidence in that. So I I already bet the top minus one and a half. I hit it earlier today. As soon as I saw the Hope news, I was like, I don't want to overreact to this, but I was it was kind of close as it was. <laughs> top of the best team in the world right now, I think. 
There, I said it. It's happy. Okay, yeah, fine. No, no, no snarky comments there. That's how good top four. They're nuts. They're a Chinese team with macro, dude. And players out the wazoo. They got chops out the wazoo. They're smart. They're confident. I don't know what else I want from this team. I don't know. They're fucking really good. <laughs> like, that's all there is to it. Um, Saturday. Oh, my God. Sunning, Sunning minus 556 against the one and only Dominus Esports, plus 355. Dominus to take a game at plus 105. Not doing it. No way. Dominus sucks. I'm yeah, out. no money's going on Dominus. Uh, not betting Sunning either, though, I don't think. Yeah, I'm probably out on this game. I don't know. If I'm definitely not on Dominus, this is probably minus one and a half for Sunning, right? That even still seems a little bit rich for me, given how Sunning's been this season. They haven't been exciting either. This is the worst game on the slate. <laughs> um, E-Star, this one's interesting. E-Star plus 235 against Fun Plus, minus 333. We'll say the Fun Plus sweeps at plus 107. And you've got to lay a buck 43 for E-Star to take a game. So, Fun Plus play tomorrow. Uh, actually, I think both these teams play tomorrow. No, Fun Plus play tomorrow. Yeah, they play tomorrow morning. So, Inside G. That's going to be another data point. So, Fun Plus, it's weird. Uh, they have not looked good relative to what we've come to expect from them. Uh, they've looked... Honestly, like, all the teams that were at the Midseason Cup, besides top, have kind of had, like, a little bit of a weird... I don't want to call it a hangover, but, like, they've they've all looked off in some way, shape, or form at different times, right? Yeah, I agree with that. Fun Plus, it's weird because, like, it feels like they're turning into Invictus a little bit, like, from, like, two years ago, where it's, like... All right, we're bored. We know we're good. They're just like, like they'll get ahead in a game and then just like do a stupid tower dive to let the other team back into it. They've done that like three or four times already this season. They've lost a game or two from it too. So, and like even like some of the games are winning with that. It's like that's not good. But Fun Plus still have all the hallmarks of a good team. I think they're still an elite team. I think they're just kind of in a weird spot right now. I, I've. I think E-Star are probably, like, my favorite underdog in the LPL, just in general. Like, any time they're like an underdog, E-Star. I like E-Star. I do like E-Star in general. This is I a don't big think... number for them. I haven't decided if I'm going to bet E-Star here. I'm not going to bet Fun Plus, so minus 333. Um, I think if I'm going to bet E-Star, I'm going to wait until tonight, and I'm going to kind of risk it, because I'm thinking about not betting this game at all. If Fun Plus wins tonight, I can get a better number on E-Star. That's true. If Fun Plus loses tonight, eh, I was thinking about not betting it anyway, so I'll just pass. That's like kind of how I'm looking at it right now. What do you think on this one, Josh? Uh, so I want to be clear that I hate this region with my whole heart. So anything I say, you can take with a large grain of salt. <laughs> this is the region that I, I always just default to the numbers because I just feel like anything I watch just apparently somehow gets me the wrong answer every time. I didn't even, really it's just Invictus, but whatever. Uh, the numbers are disgustingly in favor of E-Star to, yep. to take this series. Um, E-Star has still been the best objective team. They were the best objective team in the LPL last year. They've still been the best objective team, uh, at least with regard to Drake's this year. Um, they have like a very substantial advantage in that portion, and that's shown to be very predictive in terms of uh, – Predicting LPL games. Almost 80% first tower, over 50% yeah. first blood, dragon control, yeah. baron control. 
Yeah, they have FPX edged out in in a lot of major statistical categories. Um, the only one that isn't is like damage, but that's not shown to be incredibly uh, predictive at least. So I think it's East Star side here. I, the plus two thirty five, I think, it, like you said, is a pretty big number. It's probably worth half unit. Um, so yeah, that's where I land. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all over East Star in this spot. Just it's not even like I, I still think Fun Plus are really really good. I just think these teams are East Star is good. East Star is still being underrated. I have no idea like what this team did to deserve that. Well, they lost Crying. People are giving them a little bit, I think, too much knockdown for losing Crying. And then when they lost, here's what here's what really happened. Let me just tell you, Gelati. They overperformed last season. They should have been slightly worse than they were regular season last season. Yeah. But now everyone views them as a, you know, fourteen and four team or whatever. Now they lost Crying, and now they haven't been fourteen and four since then. Like they're not looked like a fourteen and four team. So everyone assumes it's because they lost Cryon and not because they just really shouldn't have been a 14 and 4 team to begin with. They should have just been a, an 11 and 7 team to begin with. Exactly. And they're still an 11 and 7 team. But people are now, they're, they're thinking that the entire difference is because Cryon is gone. When really, I think they're just going to where they should have been to begin with. I definitely agree with you. That's the, that was a great breakdown of this team. Um, and then I think, like, just we, we mentioned earlier, like, big picture, this is just a good underdog team. You want a team that introduces variance to a game. God damn, this ESAR. <laughs> they, I mean, they're, they are another, if you want to watch LPL League of Legends, watch ESAR. They're, they are, I mean, they're probably the most, they're one of the most entertaining, entertaining teams to watch in the world to me. Like, just in any given game. I also think, like, FenFen's been really good. It's like they haven't really missed a beat. They're playing the same exact way they were before. I don't think it's been that big a drop off either. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Give me East Star here. I think the number's too big. I think I like your strategy too, though, John. Like, if Fun Plus take a win, now I'm kind of in a weird spot because I'm so Fun Plus by Invictus on Thursday morning, and I'm going to be on Invictus because the number is too big there as well, which I'm going to be kicking myself for tomorrow morning. So tune into Twitter. <laughs> Um, Cardinal sin betting on Invictus Gaming. Gigantic, <laughs> true, dude. I can't quit it. I can't quit it. The numbers don't lie, except when they do. Every time when Invictus is involved. <laughs> uh, <laughs> LNG on Here's Sunday. A storm of a match. It's <laughs> a real barn burner. <laughs> LNG minus one hundred nine. Vici minus one twenty. I'm These actually pretty bullish on Vici on this spot. These are like two of the most bullshit teams in the whole league. Like I, I, I hate both these teams, dude. LNG and Vici. LNG's like just came out and just got two huge upset wins for no reason whatsoever, and then it's just gone back to looking trash again. And then Vici, I was actually kind of bullish on coming into this season, and they just lost it. They just have no idea what's going on, as far as I'm concerned. I think Vici can't possibly be worse than they've been in the last few series. They might be. They might be in the. I don't series. think they are. <laughs> I think LNG and Vici are about to play like a. 42 minute 10 to 4 kill game where whoever wins looks bad winning. See, I think it's going to be more like a 27 minute 12 to 3, but it could go like. <laughs> like either Vici's going to win this game in like 25 minutes and it's going to be like a low kill like stomp or like a split push stomp, like where it's like a TF or, or like a Silas split push and it's going to be like 12 to 4. Or it's going to be like there's no kills for 20 minutes 
and then there's like one cataclysmic team fight, and whoever wins it wins the game. Like that's what's gonna happen in this game. I li- I actually I, I like Vici in this spot. I think LNG are the most fraudulent team maybe in any region right now. Uh, every single LNG win was not their responsibility. We were talking about this on the podcast or not on the podcast before we started recording tonight. Like LNG don't have a win that is like their responsibility. Like they've had leads gifted to them. They have the highest. They have one of the highest first blood rates, right? And, like, none of those first blood, like, maybe one of those first bloods was, like, actually of their own creation. It wasn't just, like, a team screwing something up. Like, go back and watch, go back and just watch LNG first blood highlights and tell me how many of those are, like, their own doing. This team is highly fraudulent, and it's the best kind of thing to fade because they caught good variants against really good teams, so they're being tremendously overrated. So I agree. That's why I was on them. That's why I was on OMG against them this morning. I was like, OMG sucks too, but LNG are like not really any better. So I'll give them credit. They know how to take a lead and win with it if it's given to them, but they do absolutely nothing to engineer stuff on their own. Right. And I would rather have a team that takes, like, I would rather have like a victory five, right? Where they're doing the right things, and if the execution doesn't happen, then oh well, they lost the game because of it than a team like this that just rolls over and dies and then hopes you just hand them something, right? So, I'm going to be on Vici. I, I'm actually going to be pretty bullish on Vici in this game. I already bet this, and it's on Sunday. So, uh, Vici minus 120. The next one. Any other thoughts on this one? Josh, you got thoughts on this one? Mr. LPL? Uh, whoever you bet, bet the 2-0, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. This uh, uh, I'll add, like, you could even do... The, the double two O has like barely enough that you would come out ahead either way. So if you can't choose a side, that's a fallback. And then check your under one and a half too. Most books offer that kind of thing too. So if it, it just do the math on it. It's pretty easy to math it out. So JDG against Rogue Warriors, Dominique Wilkins, JDG minus one and a half, minus one forty three. Set it and forget it. Yeah, JDG minus one and a half seems easy. Yeah. If I were allowed by myself to bet on Eastern regions, this would just be an absolute hammer play. But <laughs> Especially, like, so JDG, just like Fun Plus and kind of like Invictus was in the first few weeks, like, or first few games, they just, like, haven't looked sharp. Like, they're still good. They're still doing a lot of the fundamental things. They're just not executing cleanly. I, I don't know if it's just because they've, like, reduced their practice time to avoid burnout or like I, I kind of, ha- I wrote about this the other day. Like it's kind of speculation, but there's a chance that like JDG fun plus all these teams are kind of easing up on their practice time. Cause they didn't have a lot of time off because of the mid season cup. There's a chance we're seeing some of that. Maybe it's just fatigue. Maybe it's a little burnout. So maybe they're just like lightening up. Cause it seems like they're doing a lot of the right things. They just are like missing skill shots, uh, you know, botching a dive somewhere. Like, Fun Plus and JDG both have been, like, really guilty of that so far, and they're still winning games. So, JDG have also had a really hard schedule. So, this is, like, the first softball, I think. And I think they're just going to they're just gonna destroy Rogue Warriors. I just wanted to, because I mentioned it earlier, just, like, comparative. Like, this is what I – I do this every week with at least one comparative line. But, like, you're giving me Team Wii minus 1.5 and at minus 135 or JDG minus 1.5 at minus 143. Like, in my opinion, when you see those two things, I actually learned this from listening to John, but there's just, like, no reason to bet on Team Wii in that scenario. Yep. Like, just 
double your bet on JDG instead because you're losing eight points of juice for a way better team, in my opinion. Yeah. Makes lots of sense. Makes eight sense, exactly, actually. I got jokes for days. I'll be here uh, all week, or at least until the end of this episode. <laughs> um, that's it for the LPL. Uh, couple. It really sucks that Hope's out, because that would have been a really interesting matchup, at least. Because it would have made you at least consider taking a shot on EDG, right, at those numbers. That by the way, that by the way, that hasn't moved yet. If you, I mean, it's probably going to be like minus fifteen hundred with Hope out because he's been like their best player this season. So, yeah, that was that was the game I was actually looking towards to be the one that makes the LPL interesting on Friday, but I forgot the hopes. Yeah, so uh, I mean, we'll get to see a new player. That could be interesting. Um, LCK has a couple interesting ones too. So Friday we have Afrika, who are just red hot right now. Against T one, so we have a Freak plus two seventy eight, T one minus four seventeen. We'll say uh, T one minus one and a half, minus one hundred five. A Freak to take a game is minus one twenty seven. A Freak have looked really good, like really, really good. I think this meta is like, I think that's something I didn't consider for this team coming into the into the season. I did say that this team had the highest range of outcomes, basically of like any team in the LCK. Uh, just because, you know, if if they figure at least anything out, if they're not checked, it looked like this team checked out toward the end of the season. And if you looked at the first half of last season, they were great. So they've looked more like that first half team. I think Fly and All in both this mid lane champion pool is outstanding for both of them. And then you have a stud eighty carry in an eighty carry centric meta, and Keen can just do his thing with everybody focused on the bot lane so much. So. That's kind of been their formulas for success. Uh, they just look really, really good right now. I, I'm going to take a shot on Afrika here, I think. I like Afrika to at least take a game. T1 tend to start off pretty slow, too. Yeah, number's too big, in my opinion, for what what is looking like probably number two versus number five-ish. Yeah, five, six, give or take. Five, six, yeah. yeah. T1's not winning this split, right? Like, I don't feel like T1's winning this split. I don't know, man. I, I mean, they never, ever, ever rule that team out, ever. You just can't do it. They're like... Yeah, Faker in the playoffs is, like, unreal, so... It just doesn't feel like they're going to win the split. It feels like there's so many other teams that have, like, are doing kind of the same things they're doing with similar... Like, if they win, it it feels like it'll be through, like, a series of kind of coin-flippy matchups that they won, not because they're, like, clearly the best team. I'm going to tell you exactly what's going to happen. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be Nostradamus real fast. T1 are going to finish this split like they're going to like lose some match at the end of the season and there's going to be like a like a tiebreaker situation at the top of the table there's like one series separating the top like three or four teams they're going to lose that and end up like third or fourth and they're going to run the gauntlet that wouldn't surprise me too much or they're going to like get to the finals and lose the finals to Dragon X to cash my futures ticket <laughs> uh yeah i i mean the, they're like the boogeyman, dude. They can't. It's like, where's the Undertaker meme? Because that's T1. Like, literally, just, yeah, like, I don't know. The number's too big. I'm with you. And, and T1 have a history of starting off slow. So, also, Keen versus Kana. Kana was really good last split, but, yeah, I don't know. I think, if, unless Afrika show me something. I think they play, no, they play Fry. We don't, we don't see them, so. Yeah, give me a, give me a Frika. I'll say a Frika plus one point five. 
I think they definitely get a game, even if T1 win the series. Team Dynamics. I love this team, man. Team Dynamics, minus 120 against Hamwa Life, minus 109. Why the hell is this so close? Pick of the week, Team Dynamics, minus 120. I was going to say, do you just hammer Dynamics? Yeah, there? there's, no, there's not, no, I already bet this. Their stats are are pretty good, too, yeah. thus far in the season. Yeah, I already. Uh, dude, I think Team Dynamics are another one of these situations where you could say beginner's luck, you could say ease of schedule, but, like, watch the film. They're just good. They're a good League of Legends team. Like, they're doing everything right. They, you know what I like about this team? And I've, I've written a ton about this team. I've been gushing about them recently. But I like when a team recognizes percent windows. When they're winning and when they're behind. And they recognize it and they act on it immediately. They don't waste any time. There's no hesitation with anything. And, like, it's it's just so refreshing to see, like, young teams not playing stupid. Like, they don't, they're not stupid. They make the they make it's, it feels like they make constant plus EV plays, like even if like something bad happens, they reevaluate immediately, and that's like the next decision. It's like oh we screwed this up, or this person made a tremendous outplay against us. On to the next decision, and they make the decision immediately. They they will always take the twenty four percent play over the ten percent play. They don't give it time to get to ten percent before they make a shot on it. So yep. that's whether they're ahead, whether that's behind, they're doing the same thing. I I think this seems really really good. Um, I think they're better than I thought they were going to be, for sure. Like that—that's definitely the case. And I think the middle of the table in Korea is going to be like crazy, crazy competitive for a while. Hamwon Life look like they're—they're they're on dumpster fire alert. I feel so bad for Viper and Lehens who have been. By the way, Viper, did you see the fantasy performance he put up this morning in an O two loss? <laughs> yeah. Is there? I kind of wrote on this too. Like, there's a chance that we end up with an Afri- like a Keen and Afrika situation, right? Where they just see this at like do Viper and Lehens quit on this team? I know it's really early in the season, but like it's been bad. Uh, maybe it's too early for that kind of talk. I don't know, but like I could definitely see Viper and Lehens just two v eighting every game, and they just get tired of it after a while. Yeah, it does feel really bad for Viper because like he's literally just like doing all he can. And it just feels like he can't do enough. And that's got to be mentally draining. Sure. Lehens had an insane series this morning, too. Like, he was he was doing everything he could. I don't know if you saw, like, the flash out of Fog of War, not hook in mid lane this morning. Like, he's doing all sorts of stuff like that. Like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I feel bad. Because I, I, I was pretty high on that team coming into the season. I thought they'd be, like, at least challenging for the fifth spot. I thought they'd take a step forward, but... Something's not clicking, and it's called the entire top half of the map. So I don't know. Lava is taking a real step back so far. I still, th- I'm not, I'm holding out hope. I think this team can maybe turn it around. I think they're on dumpster fire alert. APK are an actual dumpster fire. They're done. They're they're cooked. That team's terrible. They're going to be a tenth place team. I, how am I'm holding out hope? I think they could improve. But give me give me team dynamics here. Spread and money line. Like just slam dunk. This team's good. Speaking of the 10th place dumpster fires, the Solhei 1 dumpster fires, plus 412 against Gen G. Gen G don't lose games like this, dude. Give me Gen G. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm probably not going to bet it unless it's the minus 1.5. Yeah, Gen I'm going to be on the minus 1.5, yeah. I mean, minus 156 is a pretty penny, but Gen G aren't going to lose. Uh, Gen G aren't going to lose this, especially because, like, this is going to be, like, the first softball they get all season. 
Like they've had like Genji. Let me pull it up real fast. I think they've actually just gonna have played the top teams already. I think their first four matches are against the top four teams. Let me pull it up real fast. They play well. They yeah. They play Dragon X, KT Rolster, and then they play tomorrow against. Um, they play Damwon tomorrow, and then they're gonna get this game on Saturday. So this is gonna be like the first actual easy match that they get all season. So yeah, I think they're just gonna destroy Prince. I'm with you on that one. Yeah, not too not too much to break down there. If you want to, if you want more detail on it, I'd say just read my articles because I've gone into all the issues. So I want Prince have. Uh, they're they're just bad. They're just a bad team. The players aren't very good, and like all the cheese strategies, they just don't have anymore. They've been figured out. So when you run out of cheese, and you're the cheese team, and you don't have the players to back it up, then it's a bad recipe. They're, this team's gonna win like two series this split, I think maybe. They're going to be really bad. So, uh, KT Rolster plus one eighty seven, Damwon minus two fifty six. This one's interesting. Um, this is going to be really interesting because KT Rolster. I think we're all pretty. We think they're going to get there eventually. They've had a little bit of a rough go to start, but they've been pretty good already. They've already improved a lot. Uh, Damwon are just on fire. So, I don't know. Damwon's stats are unreasonable. Like yeah. they are, they're they're cloud nine. Are, they look like cloud nine. They're, they're they're cloud nine right now, stat wise. Now they've had an easy schedule, but they they have incredible stats. So I have a hard time figuring out uh, where they're going to land in the end of this season. It's it's hard when they've looked like absolute world beaters, but they've only played like kind of mediocre teams for the most part. This will be a good uh, limit test for them, but I, I lean towards maybe even messing with the Damwon minus one point five. Yeah, and they play Gen G tomorrow morning, so that'll be a good test. They have a tough part of their schedule coming up here. Um, they, then they get yeah, they get KT after that, and I, I forget who their next matchup is, but um, yeah, I mean they're the thing with Damwon is they're they're kind of like Invictus, like when they're playing at their ceiling, they just look like unreal, but then like they could just turn back into a pumpkin at any given moment. I, I think this is a little bit different than when we saw them surging in spring because I think they've looked good at the mid, they looked good in playoffs they looked good at the midseason cup they look like they're finally playing 2020 League of Legends now and they still made playoffs last season even like doing all the dumb shit that they were doing all spring long right uh, Showmaker's just a monster at the moment he's got two accounts in the top five is Korean solo queue I was reading like he's just on another level right now I love I love what their bot lane's doing with all these cheese like all the kill lanes. Just draw all the jungle. I think Invictus should be doing this by the way. I think I typed that and I was talking about that in the Discord. Invictus should be doing this kind of stuff. Pick kill lanes. That way your jungler has to spend time bottom. You isolate the shy and rookie and you let them do what they're good at. The jungler can't camp the shy if he has to be bottom all the time. True, true. And and you know who's very similar to the shy? Nogari, very similar kind of player. It's working for him right now. Uh, we'll see if I'm. I, I took them against Gen G tomorrow, so I mean that speaks to what I think about. I think this is another one of those cases where you got to have kind of a feel for this team's just got it right now. Maybe by the end of the season they get figured out a little bit, but like I'm not getting in the way of them right now. It's like Mad Lions. I'm not getting in the way of Mad Lions right now. 
There's no way in hell. So, and I and I like KT also. So, we'll see. Maybe this changes. Josh, I yeah. I mean, these numbers are just really good. Like, there's not really any. I think if you're going to bet, bet for everyone who thinks you went too low, because I think the I think, I actually think the money line numbers are both pretty fair. Yeah. And, I I mean I guess KT could win two to one. Um, I could definitely I guess I could definitely see it happening. Plus one eighty seven is pretty good for that money line bet I guess. But I don't know. I mean, it's really tough. I do think these teams finished right next to each other in the standings, but yeah. really hard to, to to see what what's gonna happen because like both these have a few feast or famine players on the team, so it's gonna be really tough to see. Maybe maybe even just like a try and if you're awake, try and live bet based on draft. Yeah. I think what's challenging about this is that we do like if it, if it's week seven right now, this is like a slam dunk KT KT rollster bet. Assuming they this pans out roughly how we think, because like you know a few weeks from now I'm going to look at this and be like, oh yeah, these teams are roughly even. Take the dog, regardless of who it was, right? But re- I I still think KT are kind of getting their feet under them. It looks like they're already starting to get comfortable again, but I do think it's going to take like. The KT are second half team. They're going to be really good in the second half of the split, I think. But Dan Juan just looked nuts right now. And we heard, I mean, we heard rumors about this last split. They were the, the scrim gods, right? But, yeah, I don't know. Probably Dan Juan. Sunday, we have Dragon X versus Afrika. Another interesting one. Dragon X minus 417, Afrika plus 281. Wouldn't you rather just have them against T1? Yeah. That's my yeah. thought about this. I yeah. think I'd rather take Afrika at the same odds against T1 and just fade this one i will say that interestingly enough like as good as dragon x are they do sometimes just have off games more than i think t1 do not the t1 are immune to that either but you're right i would rather have them against t1 than dragon x dragon x look nuts right now yeah that just feels this just feels like an easy spot to fade i mean dragon x came out at the beginning of the season to beat t1 and gen g back to back like they're not messing around yeah. i think you I'd are rather... getting a slightly better price here like I would, it's so like as annoying and cop outish as this sounds. Like I would just take the better odds on. Uh, I, I'd rather bet a freak of money line against T one, but I'd rather bet a freak of plus one and a half against Dragon X, just yeah. because of what Lottie said. Because of, like Dragon X, like we've seen it. Like sometimes their draft just is weird as hell, and sometimes they make it work just because they have really good talented players. But um, a freak feels like a team that could punish a bad draft. Yeah, yeah. and T one has some bad drafts too, but it just seems like some of Dragon X's drafts are just absolutely egregious to me. They're weird. Well, they sometimes they get a little too weird. Yeah. I don't know. I I actually like I totally agree with that sentiment, like a hundred percent. Because it, it looks like to me, I'm seeing so you're giving up three points on the money line, which so you would absolutely take the worst team, which in our opinion is T one. You're getting eleven on the on the spread. Yeah, so you definitely want to take the spread against. Yeah, I think you just play it value and play them both. I mean, if you want to play them both, but it's my opinion. Yeah, I mean, your opinion could change very quickly if a free could just get demolished by T1. So, I mean, but you can adjust. But then the number is going to be on, like, you can't not bet it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, Last game of the weekend for the Eastern regions. We have KT minus 334 against Sandbox plus 240. I'm kind of 
in wait and see mode on Sandbox, I think. Like, I'm taking them in kill spreads tomorrow morning against Dragon X, but only because the kill spreads were gigantic and Korea's been, like, under in most games. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to be wait and see. This is going to be, like, I mean, there's a chance this just gets out of range, but if Sandbox, like, if, if KT lose a couple and we end up getting a better number on this somehow, then maybe I'll take KT, but... I'm optimistic for Sandbox. I think they've looked really, really bad, but give give them some time. They'll they'll end up being competitive. They're not going to be a dumpster fire team, I don't think. They might not be good, but they're not going to be a dumpster fire team. They have a little bit of a dumpster fire alert for me. Yeah, they're they're on alert. Yeah, they're they're on, they're on alert for me, but I, I still don't think I'm going to back KT in this spot either. I think this is a, a hold off for me at the end of the weekend. Yeah, I mean this is just going to end up being a pass until more information. I think so. All right, uh, pick of the week. What did I say? Oh, I think I said... There were, like, two that I really liked. I'll just do this one, because I'm on the team. So, last week, I had E-Star plus... Or, minus 133 against LNG. Was just the easiest thing I've ever done in my life. That was just... I've never had an easier pick of the week, I don't think. Uh, that might have been the kill spread. Or, not the spread. That might have been the map spread. I forget. Um, That hit... Uh, John, you hit Excel plus 112 against SK Gaming. Chris yep. unfortunately hit. <laughs> Chris unfortunately hit. Uh, missed on Team Liquid against EG after we were all backing him up on this the entire weekend. Well, I was I was heavy on Team Liquid too. Unfortunately, he made it his pick of the week. Um, and then Josh had Rogue minus 204 against Vitality. So three and one on the week. For the season, we are 36 and 32 as a cast, and we are up plus 10.65 units. I think I'm not too uh, bad, boys. $10 million for the subs. Yeah, not bad. Not bad for the clients, right? <laughs> yeah. um, what are we looking at this week? I have two that I like. I'll stick with Team Dynamics minus one and a half against Hama Life. Or not minus one and a half. T- uh, Team Dynamics money line minus 120 against Hama Life on. Um, Friday morning. I'm sticking with what I said during the cast. Top esports minus 1.5 against EDG at minus 132. Uh, Chris left us a pick of the week. He's on KT against Damwon. Ooh. Swinging for the fences a little bit. Plus 187 money line. Okay. Josh, what do you think? You got a lot. I mean, you, you had a lot of stuff you uh, liked in the West. How, this week. How, yeah. How much? How negative am I? You're I'm- positive 0.01. You're a penny. Oh, okay, right, You're a penny in the green. Okay, if I was negative, I was going to take SK over D2. Um, because I am positive, I will take Mad minus 135 versus Rogue. Um, yeah, it's... I guess I, Rogue, right? Yeah. I would really love to see the SK versus Vitality line. Like, if it's anything similar, I'll probably put even more on that, honestly. But I assume that'll probably be closer to minus one seventy, minus one eighty ish. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. So, yeah, it's weird that that one's off the books, right? Yeah, I don't know why. I think maybe they're waiting on. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird because they have the Saturday or the the Friday lines up for each team, so it's. Yeah, I don't. Maybe they're just not sure where those two rate against each other. I don't know. That's weird. That could be this one other data point. I mean, I mean that SK probably threw any rating system for a loop with how they've looked so far. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think that's going to be it for us this week. We ran, you know, these are the big long slates. 
a lot of action in every region. Uh, check out, I mean, the, we got Academy and some of the minor leagues going on too. I think this is the time of year where you want to start, you know, at least keeping your finger on the pulse a little bit with some of the smaller regions, especially the relevant ones that are going to have representatives at Worlds. Start like, you know, every once in a while tuning into, you know, Turkey, seeing who's going to be the team that represents them at Worlds. Check out who's going to represent them. The PCS English broadcast is great if you guys get a chance to watch it. Um, pretty good production and everything. They're doing a good job over there, basically from home, which is impressive. So they're doing a good job with that. And some of those teams are at the very least exciting. So check that stuff out too. But we're going to be sticking mostly with the major four here. But I would say to just keep an eye on that. Um, obviously, you can find all our stuff at the esports department. Uh, Chris wasn't here with us tonight, but you can find his stuff at the game house. And uh, I think that's going to be it for us this week. Do you guys have anything else before we head out here? Nothing for me, man. Have fun, everybody. Yeah, enjoy. This is an awesome slate this weekend. Just enjoy it. Great stuff. All right, guys. Everybody have a good night and good luck this weekend. You guys do. The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode. Oh.